Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast episode 262. My goodness. Time flies uh, when you're stuck at home all the time. Uh, joining us this week, uh, our good friend Malik Gale from the uh, from the Against the Algorithm podcast is back. Uh, if you haven't checked out his show in a while, he's doing really excellent work. I love the production on his new show, and I'm really happy that we're um, that we're here to talk to him again and check him out, what he's been doing. Uh, also this week, we do have to talk about all the stuff that exists in the world. Uh, some good stuff, though. Supreme Court decisions, uh, D.C. is a state question being answered today, uh, Mississippi state flag, all sorts of stuff. Yes, it's Trump stuff. Yes, it's coronavirus stuff, but we'll try and keep it light. Uh, that's it, folks. 262. As always, here in the Uticast, we are beyond excited to have you here with us. Oh, yes. We'll just make the pod about the, the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah, we're gonna start a leftovers podcast. Um, you know, if we ever did want to do another show, I guess that would be the that would be the thing we could do now. We've talked about this in the past, like about what show because Justin's always kind of secretly pitched to me that he wants to do some sort of watch along style. He show. wants to, do, yeah. He's well, he's talked about what like the Office and some Keep other the Office stuff like that is too big and too broad. Like if you want to listen to a podcast about episodes of The Office, you've already got episode, you've already got podcasts with people from the show. Correct. We're not yeah, I'm not interested. Pam and Angela, you know what I mean? Nobody cares what we have to say. Yeah, and I certainly can't do the Sopranos one because the Sopranos one's pretty good. Sopranos, another one. Guys from the pretty show good. are already doing a podcast. Yeah. One. so we got to jump on the leftovers train before you know uh, two of those actors get in. Yeah, there. before Carrie Coon and uh, the guy who plays Matt both get on there and do their own podcast. Um, welcome back to the show, folks. Episode 262. I don't... Out here, summer days. Warm days. Summer, of summer. days makes me feel fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, summer nights. Let me tell you. Uh, all right, so I do have a lot of stuff this week that we have to cover. All right, let's just let's get ripping that. Well, let's here's the thing. Trunking. Before we dig into any of that, though, I also have a lot of announcements this week. Mm-hmm. Number one, uh, I won't say where I'm going or my feelings about going, but I will be out of town next Monday, mm-hmm. and I will not be coming back until the Sunday afterwards. Mm. Please don't at me. I'd rather not discuss it. But the point is... Uh, schedule for the next two shows might be a little weird. You're traveling safely. You're being isolated. You're chilling. I'd just rather not get into that discussion right now. For sure. Right I, I'm just saying. Because uh, it involves <laughs> a lot of people I'm not allowed to talk about here on the podcast. People whose names we don't say on the podcast. People whose names we don't say on the so podcast. So we won't. So we will not. Uh, <laughs> we will not. We have fun. We do have fun here. Uh, but, so, regardless, uh, this week's show coming up, next week's 263, I'm going to try and... be weird. I might try and record it on, like, Saturday. Maybe, mm. maybe if I can get the show done by Saturday or Sunday, we'll yeah, put yeah. it on Sunday before I leave, and then when I come back, I'll do it on Monday when we get back, or maybe if I'm really exhausted, mm. I'll let it on Tuesday. But just be aware. I'll be around. Be aware that... Just leave the computer. Me and Justin will do the show this week. God. <laughs> uh, just be aware that... Uh, schedule might be a little off for the next week and a half or so. Yeah, but we'll... uh, but thanks to all the folks who've been listening to us on Spotify now that we're on there. No, Spotify Comments. team, I know. I'm... 
Stitcher Hive, I thought it was going to be the biggest, yeah. the biggest hold strong. But Spotify doing all right. Uh, I have some Spotify picks for the end of the show. If you have some, oh, like I forgot that we That's do right. Spotify. Yeah. You know what's funny? I've wanted to do my Spotify picks and playlist on this show for so many years, and I never could. Now that you do, I just forget to do Spotify. Picks. That's all right. I'll, I'll flip little... through my Spotify a little bit yeah. while you do the other announcements. Uh, a couple other announcements this week. Uh, major big one. I'm not going to devote an entire segment to this show like I planned on doing earlier in the week because other things are more important mm -hmm. but I just wanted to give myself a little pat in the back mm, we always got time for yeah. that here. Uh, earlier this week for folks who are not aware my beloved Liverpool Football Club ended a 30 year Premier League title drought uh, during the week mm -hmm. it was honestly the only time in the last three in the last three months maybe that I've gone on social media excited, couldn't look, just retweeting like Liverpool celebration gifts, all sorts of, I've never, I cried, I teared up mm -hmm. like a sad boy mm. because a German man told me how much he loved an English soccer team that I also supported and I cried because I'm a soft, <laughs> soft man, very soft in my heart. Like it's Oh man. Well, I think about it like this, right? Because... We've talked about it in private, my feelings about like baseball in general, mm -hmm. because I've kind of lost a little bit of love for baseball as a sport. Yeah, yeah. Not the Yankees, I still love the Never. Yankees, yeah. I have the nostalgia, but I've kind of lost the real like day-to-day -day excitement that I used to feel about baseball when I was a kid. Right. right? Watching every Yankees game and just getting, I'm kind of... You got more to do, you had less to do back then. Way less to do. That's why you, I used to watch the Yankees every night at 7 o'clock when they were on, because I didn't have anything else to do at 7 o'clock. But you know the Knicks have never won a title in my in my tenure here. The Bills have been a perpetual train wreck. Of course, uh, the Yankees have won, but the Yankees kind of—I mean, wanted to make sure everybody else had a turn. It's only fair. Being a Yankee fan is tough because anyone who's not a Yankee fan just assumes we're nobody wants to hear. No it. one wants to hear. I'm it, a so. Yankee fan and a Laker fan. You think anybody's got sympathy <laughs> for me? <laughs> and you think anybody's got sympathy for me? <laughs> uh, but Liverpool was genuinely the only <laughs> sports team going at the you moment. You love Liverpool more than you love any team in the world. It's outrageous. Easy, like Easily, yeah. easily. I know that about you. Is like I know you as a sports fan. I've known you as a sports fan the whole time. I've known you. You love Liverpool more than I've seen you love any team besides some of the, maybe those prime Yankee years. It is something that I didn't expect. You know, soccer mm -hmm. sort of came in. I think because soccer came in late in my life, and yeah. I, I hold it so closely to this connection I have with my my really my Good three buddies in, in New York. You know, Dano yeah. and Adam and Eric. Shout out to the boys. Mm -hmm. uh, Manchester City, Arsenal, and Chelsea fans, respectively. Uh, you know, and living in that house with three other dudes who love soccer and waking up on those Saturday and Sunday mornings early and going down to get brunch and breakfast drinks on a Saturday yeah. together with, you know, in Brooklyn. Those were like golden, golden days. Yeah, I love yeah, those for days. Sure, for sure. And during those days, Liverpool was terrible. Really mm -hmm. bad. Mm -hmm. uh, and I watched And Dan. knowing those guys, you probably heard a lot of a lot shit of talking. Shit. I know all shit. three of those guys very well, uh, and I know all three of them <laughs> can chat shit with the best of them. At least two of those guys' teams won titles in the time that I was there. I had to sit mm -hmm. through that. Uh, Whose team didn't win a title? What team didn't win a title in that? Shout team? out to GFOP Eric, Eric Tuttle and the Arsenal the Arsenal uh, FC oh, squad. I've, I've been told that Arsenal's like a top squad, so you would think they would get more chips if they were a top squad. You would think so as well. Interesting. Uh, tough go for the it's Arsenal. quiet down the Yankees Lakers <laughs> <Yeah. family. laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I, it's funny because Arsenal's like the um, Arsenal is like the Lakers yeah, of Lakers, the yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, you either love them or they or everyone hates you. Yeah. Uh, so well, that's why I said if the Lakers end up winning the championship uh, here in this advanced NBA season, yeah. I only want to hear from people who aren't Lakers fans. This feels like the first organic moment of sports joy I've had in like twenty years. Like mm. a moment that I found all myself. No one told me to go 
root for Liverpool mm. when we were picking teams. I just found this mm. player I liked. This guy, Steven Gerrard, who, look him up, he's one of the all-time Liverpool greats. I liked the team. I liked the narrative. I liked the songs. They sing a lot. They sing a song called uh, You'll Never Walk Alone. It's from a Rodgers and Hammerstein musical, which sounds weird mm -hmm. as a song for a sports team. Mm -hmm. But do yourself a favor. Go watch the three-and-a-half-minute video that mm -hmm. Liverpool put up on their uh, Liverpool link YouTube it. channel. We'll link, I'll link it. We'll pop it out on Twitter and It stuff. is a three-minute video of just a highlight of all their ups and downs over the last 30 years over the song You'll Never Walk Alone. And it is mm -hmm. stunningly emotional. When I die... They will play the song You'll Never Walk Alone and everybody in the room will cry because it is sad. Yeah, that's it right. It is a sad, bittersweet, beautiful song for a beautiful, bittersweet, wonderful team and I thank them for what they gave me this I week. remember when you were saying you can't remember the last time a sports thing grabbed you like this. Um, I remember the last time because I, I remember in 09, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember in 2009 you had, I think you had like moved down to your sister's. Yes. So you were living like you weren't living in New York yet, but you were living was, way uh, downstate. You were living at your sister's. I'll give you the story, but I was living in Nyack, New York, and I was working at a bar in Nyack called Olives, and I was bartending during the game the Yankees won the World Series. I yeah. yeah. Because I remember I called you that night. Yep. I called mm -hmm. you the night the mm -hmm. Yankees won the World Series because I remember I remember I was driving around town, blasting New York, New York by Frank Sasha <laughs> out of the Explorer, just booming. And I was out there. I remember calling you and talking to you, and I distinctly remember telling you, I didn't think it was going to feel this good. I didn't nope. think I was going to be this excited. At, I'm like, I'm so old now, which is hilarious to say 11 <laughs> years later. But I was like, I'm so old that like at 22, I just didn't think that sports would still move me this way. And I remember having that conversation with you because we were both like, hey, man, this is crazy, and it's been that long. And Liverpool is cool for you because Liverpool is yours. Yes. Like when we're Yankees fans, we're all Yankees fans. You celebrate with the boys, and that's awesome, and that's a good time. But separately, it's really cool that you have this thing all to yourself. I have publicly dissuaded other friends of mine, family family members, relatives, from yeah, rooting yeah. for this team. I've had yeah, yeah. I had a friend of ours who told me one day, came into the house, told me, "Hey, guess what? I think I'm a Liverpool fan now." And I said, "No, start over." I said, "Start <laughs> over." I said, "You're not. Pick another one." Uh, the to be only fair, he's a mush. Your team never would have won if he was a fan. Uh, to be fair, my brother-in-law is the only person. Shout out to Randall, my brother-in-law mm -hmm. in uh, in Chicago, out in Juliet. He's the only other person who I allowed on to the bandwagon, and he sent me a lot of really nice messages as well. So shout out to him. And mm -hmm. this is a really stupid one. I said this on Twitter, and I'll, I'll, I'll end it here. Shout out to great Twitter follow, Drunk Cuse Fan. Mm. So I would say that 10 years ago, a mutual Syracuse University graduate, uh, Kate Riley, uh, with this gentleman, Drunk Cuse fan, he was a famous Syracuse basketball Twitter hang, introduced me to this guy's Twitter feed. He wasn't like a famous guy, just some guy who tweeted about Syracuse games, mm -hmm. and he was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Turns out he also happened to be a Liverpool fan. So over the last, like, oh, nice. over the last 10 years, we have been sending tweets during games on just a random stranger on Twitter that I became friends with. Because of Liverpool. And during the title, I actually sent a message out to him that was like, Hey man, been a while up and down on Twitter for the last 10 years. Thanks for all the support. And I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't believe that I'd gotten that far. But that's where we are. Uh, but that's where we oh, are. Oh man. Uh, all right. So well, that congratulations. From me, Thanks, man. from all of our listeners, the Sister Hav, all of our new Spotify friends, we all congratulate you. And we Thank congratulate you. Liverpool. Uh, it wasn't the way you wanted to see it, probably. It wasn't exactly what you no, imagined when they were dominating earlier in the season. Can I say uh, one really downer thing about it? Yeah. After everything happened, mm -hmm. there has been a ton of scenes of people in Liverpool going to the stadium and not social distancing it's and tough. causing absolute riots. 
And I've seen a lot of people arguing about, like, you said you wear a mask, so why are you mad about these guys? I'm not like, happy about it. Yeah. It wasn't great. They should wear a mask, too. They should have worn a mask for that. I was speaking to these folks in Liverpool. I talked to them. But right now, I'm just talking to you folks down at Lucan's. So, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I can only control what I can control in my yeah. neighborhood, I guess. So, there you go. Uh, you know what happened to me with the masks? Not the side. No, no, no. Please, I love it. This happened to me uh, yesterday. Mm. I had to run into... I'd run to the gas station. I'd run in... And I had cash on me, so I had to go pay cash real quick. Sure. And I was running around. It was the end of my errands. I was coming home, like, for the day. It was Sunday. Just trying to be mm-hmm. done. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Sunday. My last stop. And I go in there. And I go in. I give the lady my cash. I pay for the gas. And then somebody else moves outside. I see there's one person in front of me. I'm just like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll take the 50 regular on pump mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and I walk out. And when I walk out, I realize I forgot my mask. Mm-hmm. No I walked in there. I was the whole time. People were looking at me a little bit. Like this one lady was kind of looking at me, but like people look at me. Yeah, it's true. Like I'm tall. Say, like, people see me walk in. Like people are always. You can always feel the eyeballs. You know what I mean? Whatever. Like you see me walk in, and so I'm going in there. I'm not thinking anything of it. And then I notice as soon as I get out, I'm like, oh, because the cashier was also kind of like, yeah, hey, okay, sure. I'm just kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. just kind of rude. Everyone's having a bad day. Who knows? And the second I got, I, I felt so bad mm-hmm. because I'm mm-hmm. out here like you got to wear your mask. I mm-hmm. fully support wearing a mask. I think everybody should do it. I think everybody crying about it is doing that. Crying. I think you're all crying children. Yep. Um, cry babies. But like, I felt so bad when it happened. But it's so easy because how many times have you run into the gas station just giving cash for gas to pump or whatever? Well, and you make a great point too. Like I've seen a lot of bad actor arguments. Actually, less. Over the last few weeks, now is the yeah, coronavirus. Yeah, are spiking. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but you notice, like, the big argument I see a lot now is, like, you can't tell me what to do with my own body. But it's like, it's you not just missed yours, the though. We all point, share the air. Right? That's the point, right? I think the people miss is, like, you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for everybody else. You're doing mm-hmm. it for your family and the people out there. So, yeah. like, if, if that's the least you can do to be good to, like, the fellow human beings you live in the world with, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to tell you. So. Uh, all right, let's get into some some actual news this week. And this one's a little bit of a weird one. I just figured we'd bring it up because you I, I use Reddit all the time for looking up for news and stuff. Uh, Reddit went out this week and banned a lot of other communities, uh, specifically the uh, underscore the Donald community, as well as a couple like fringe left wing communities mm-hmm. uh, like the Chapo Trap House community on mm-hmm. Reddit. Uh, have we used Reddit a lot, just sort of like in our daily basis? Uh, are you pleased that they've gotten rid of some of these more like like fringe sites, or do you feel like it's sort of against the idea of what Reddit is? Uh, no, I mean it's certainly the the argument that it's against the idea of what the website is is a bad faith argument. Um, mm-hmm. You like there's rules and there's stuff for a reason, and like you know as somebody who knows like I'm not, you know I know the whole like you know first rule of Reddit thing. You don't talk about Reddit, right? Like, it's all nobody cares which thoughts are about what people are commenting on a website. But like at the end of the day, if people are out here doing hateful stuff, like, there's a lot of dark places on that website. Just there's a lot of dark places, other places. And so if you've got to take action to do it, if people are acting wild, talking wild, getting rid of that kind of thing and not giving an avenue for people to get together and get each other all buzzed up with hate. And make no mistake about it, man. I'll tell you from the bottom of my heart, I've seen some wild stuff. People talking yes. crazy. Oh my god. Full on. You yeah. know what I mean? Full on 1939, you know, invading Poland stuff. You yep. know what I mean? All yep. the way down to the bottom. You know what I mean? People talk crazy on there because they feel anonymous and like it's a website, different stuff like that. So, yeah, if you got to shut down, I mean, if, if you're out here doing hate speech on the internet, there's going to be consequences. You pay those consequences, you get shut down. Or people, did you see, I, I'm not going to step on your later segment, I'm sure, but like all different stuff. Something happens, something happens. Yeah, sure, shut them down. Well, you could hit this segment. What segment were you specifically talking I'm, about? Are you going to talk about the guy in Utica who went viral? Yeah. I was okay, going to bring cool. that up. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if you were going to do yeah. that yet, but like. It's on here. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that was the cook from uh, from Hamilton College, right? He had worked there as a contracted employee at one point. You know what's funny? When I looked at the picture and I saw the profile picture going around everywhere of him with the, the Confederate thing and I saw the car. Yeah. I saw that guy. Yeah? I saw that guy at Hannaford a week and a half ago because he was wearing that same Confederate bandana and he was driving. He was in that same car, though, that orange car you show him in. I thought to myself with that giant Confederate bandana in New Hartford, number one, I'm not surprised to see this in New Hartford, shout out. Number two, um, I, I'm i like, what an asshole. What an asshole. Like, I just looked at him I'm like, what a jerk this guy is. And then you see him about a week later. You know what pissed me off about it? I had kind of half expected that we were going to get some person who was going to get caught on camera in Utica. Oh, big time. I, I was sort big of time. waiting Because, because not just Utica, it. but you have to remember Utica... Involves so many other close yeah. places, like I said, New Hartford, all the other suburbs, Whitesboro. Shout out to Mr. Pucky. Mm, you know what yeah. I mean? Other like known races out there. You see mad Confederate flags in yep. Whitesboro. Mm-hmm. You know, which is hilarious because you know, like you guys realize that you know none of you are from the South. Confederate flag is not about <laughs> no, the South. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. It seems so random to me. Uh, and this sort of ties. Oh, no, it's not random. It's very specific. Well, I mean, it's it's pointed to make people feel. Yeah, they know. They yeah. know what message they're sending. Uh, so this sort of tied into, not necessarily this, but I see like this and the Karen conversation get brought up a lot now. You see mm. a lot of people uh, getting put on the internet for things they do and getting caught on camera. Yeah. Uh, I struggle with the Karen thing because I have a sister named Karen, mm-hmm. and she's very sweet to me. And most people, to me. She's a bit of Karen. She's <laughs> she's a bit of a Karen. I can see her. I mean, not like not out here yelling at folks of like different races, but like the Karen who like goes in and makes a scene to the manager at like a restaurant. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. She's, yeah, yeah. To be fair, she's Karen with a Y. See? That's, uh, why. That's the difference. That's the difference. Because your sister is lovely and sweet and very nice. Uh, I do wonder, though, with her, like, how frustrated she must... Like, I'd be annoyed... It's gotta if, be tough, yeah. I'd be annoyed yeah, yeah. if every, like, douchebag Republican you, was called a Sam now. Like, God damn it. Yeah, like all the dudes named uh, A bunch Chad of Uncle Sams. There. All the dudes named Chad. Yeah. All the Beckys of the world. Uh, on the internet, and famous internet lore, Kevins are uh, known for... Not being the smartest. So yeah, I got really. It's not certainly as worldwide as this. But you go on the internet, yeah, you find the stories of Kevin out there. Yeah, uh, the archetypical Googling. Karen apparently. This is what it counts: is a blonde person who has multiple young kids and is usually an anti-vaxer and also has what people refer to as a "Can I speak to the manager?" haircut, which I don't know mm. how to describe until you see it. Then you go, "Yeah, all right." Yeah, you know. It. <laughs> uh, do you find it? I think it's interesting, like that. This sort of became like a cultural buzzword. It's, surpri- it's a surprise how mainstream this became. People well, especially for something's been going on yeah, for, for a, a long really time. long time. Like, this, this is what happens. This is where our culture comes from now, like the internet, though. You know what I mean? Like stuff That's rises true. up into the main and then it becomes, you know, a primary. Even like, look, we were just talking about Reddit on this segment, right? Like, if you look at like my actual like Reddit account, it's probably 10 years old. I've been on there for like a long time. Yeah. And it used to just be a thing that like I knew about. It was a kind of on the internet people don't know. Now everything eventually crosses over because our culture derives from the internet. And really, like, memes and stuff like that at this point. A ton of our pop culture comes from there. See, I was a slow adapter. I got Reddit right around the same time I got a lot of the social media stuff in New York. Mm-hmm. When, like, anyone was on... When anyone mentioned any, sub, any like, new yeah, social yeah, yeah, media yeah, yeah. in my 20s, I was jumping on it. Well, that's what... Yeah. But I jumped on Reddit and then didn't use it. Like, I had an account on Reddit for, like, five years and yeah. barely ever used it for any reason mm-hmm. until, like, the last yeah. three years. Uh, you know, not to get too caught up on the Reddit thing... I do notice, and it goes in line with what we're talking about today, even, like, the subreddits I used to go to for laughs have gotten a bit 
out there. Like, the conspiracy subreddit used to be about, like, JFK. Well, that was specifically when they, yeah, well, that's, not to get into stuff, but that was a specific by design based on what you were talking about earlier. Like, that was a thing that was done on purpose. And that speaks to a greater problem that you see with a lot of these forums, is it doesn't take more than, like, 30 or 40 bad actors to, like, mm-hmm. overtake something. Yeah, just bot accounts. Yeah, yeah. It's the same problem with Twitter. Same problem with all of social media, really. I mean, like, you, yeah, it's, it's a real, social media is a real problem. Because social media is... And presented like technically like social media kind of it's a little bit different but like well, way. social media is presented as like representing the like the overall thoughts of of, of the of people but that's not really true because it doesn't no. represent like a huge amount of people in general it's very well it's very easy to manipulate and like i think about think about how many people you know or how much stuff you've heard or almost every story in the news mm-hmm. you hear where somebody's outraged about something or people are people are make up this term like go oh, cancel culture and they're talking cancel about culture, this yeah. like all we're ever really talking about is people are giving so much weight mm-hmm. to strangers on Twitter's yep. opinion. Yep. Strangers who might not even be real. People who don't even have a profile picture. Yep. People give so much weight and validity to these random statements of strangers and it lets them get all worked up. Like, yo, if some 19-year-old kid on Twitter is popping off and there's a whole gang of like young kids, like people talking about stuff on Twitter... I don't understand. That's not like real to me. That's not a real yeah. story. I don't know how you can let that affect you like emotionally to get all upset or take it seriously to be like, oh, there's so much outrage, outrage culture. They're going to cancel them. They're going to cancel them. People are going to talk about them on Twitter. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if somebody gets fired, they probably did something they deserve to get fired for. That's not getting canceled. That's just being held accountable. What I find wild, you know, going back to sort of the Karen things, I see like I go on like these Twitter or Facebook and every day there's some new video of somebody mm-hmm. posting someone on their phone. Yeah. And I'm not mad about that because the fact that you have a camera on a phone allows... Bring every single one of Bring them all on into the light. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is stunning how many more happen a day when you see how many of them happen every day. Like if someone pulls out a camera in front of you, maybe hold back on your racist tirade now because you know that's going on the internet and you're going to get fired. Like you I would I, think, no, don't hold back. Do not hold back. Double down. If you see a camera, double down. You want to be cool. It's <laughs> like time it. to be brave. Like really, yeah. like if you want to, if you want to walk it like you talk it. Like if you see yeah. a if you're being racist, somebody pulls a camera on you. Double down. Mm. Let these people know who you are. If you really believe that, you think you're so superior. Yeah. Oh, please let everybody know. Yeah. I would love to see it. Let yeah. them all know because that's been one of my favorite things going on. Is yeah. All this light shined on these people and all this stuff being dragged out into the light. And like you're not allowed to hide behind it anymore or like use wiggle words and weird weasel meanings and be like, oh, just a joke or oh, just all right. No, 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 no. Own it. I find it really hopeful in my mind that maybe the narrative of 2020 in the future will not be like, how could this year get any worse every single month? But like this was the year when people demanded real fundamental change. Man, you hope so. Like, you hope that that's the narrative that we get to and not just this is really the end of the world and we just don't know it yet. I try to not take for granted, you know, certainly my privilege as a white dude in America and how much easier that makes it Mm -hmm. for me to say what I'm about to say. That being said, I do find a lot of hopefulness in all the bad stuff we're going through right now. And a lot of that is that I've kind of fundamentally built my life around finding the positive and the hope in the wake of great tragedy. You know what I mean? Like ever since I lost my mom when I was a young child, I built the rest of who I am Mm. on finding good stuff and silver linings and positives Mm. in even the worst of situations. So when I look at this situation, I can't help but be right there with you and be hopeful that, I mean, if you look at this, people people are protesting, you know, when, when George Floyd was murdered, People are protesting all around the world. Yeah. 
for George Floyd. You see in Germany and in France and in, you know, all these different countries all around the world. You're seeing people getting out here and protesting. You know what I mean? And it's, Mm -hmm. it feels different. It feels like a different time. I mean, this is, this is the most turbulent times we've ever been alive for. Uh, this might be the most turbulent times a lot of our parents have ever been like cognizant alive for. I mean, if your parent was born in 1960, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. The yeah. You know what I mean? But like, this is this is wild stuff, and you know, this is why it's important. Everybody, you know, you stay safe, take care of your people, do good, hope for the best, work on what you can, be out there, let your voice be heard, stand up, do the work. But like, hopefully, we can all pull out of this and have a better life. Like, don't we want better for ourselves? Think about how long everybody you know has been suffering for. Oh, my God. In various different ways. Even the people doing well, everybody's suffering. And there's so much need, the suffering that you see amongst people. Don't we want better for everybody? Shouldn't, shouldn't we want everybody to just have a better life? Things shouldn't be so bad. You'd think, you think it would be that easy. But mm-hmm. I think that you you see it just out in the world, out in like the social media places, out in these dark places where you don't have to put your name. There is this sad evil like dark side that exists mm-hmm. in people and not everyone looks around and says I want to make this place better than it was I want to build up the community around me some people live in the shadows and again we talked about you want to drag that out right? I think I think all those people and not not to paint them with too broad of a brush because certainly there's you know there's things on the fringes but I was having a conversation just before we got on the air and before I, I got mm-hmm. back to the studio here uh, I was having a conversation with somebody very very near and dear to me and we were talking about various people we know who are very angry people yeah. People who always default to anger. People get worked up really quick. People who are always angry about stuff. And we got talking about a lot of these people you see angry about the masks. You know what I mean? People who have been seen out in public angry. And I've talked to friends I know that are bar owners, bartenders, servers who are getting... People are being really aggressive about the masks and being really angry about, I don't want to wear this mask, rah, rah. Anytime I see anger, that anger is just fear pushed to the point of desperation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So anytime I see somebody who's an angry person all the time, mm-hmm. you know, we know people who are always angry, that anger, to me, I perceive it as fear because that's what it really is. Yeah. And I think that's what, that's what we're talking about here. You know what I it's, mean? Like there's... It's not exactly the quote I've talked about before, but anger is like a, a scared person's impression of strength. Right? Like that yeah, sort yeah. of like... That, 100%. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, and that's what you're seeing. So you talk about all these people, these, you know, these dark elements, these people who are lashing out and being nasty and who say you don't want to see better and I don't want it better and just burn it all down and I don't care and who cares and every man for himself. All I hear, I, honestly, all I hear when I hear all of that, not to say I don't hear them, I don't empathize, I don't understand what they're mm-hmm. saying, but at the end of the day, that boils down to me is I have been hurt and I am so afraid. I've been hurt and mm-hmm. I'm so afraid and I'm so fearful of what's going to come next. Yeah. That's all I hear. Yeah. When I hear that anger from people and when I hear that that just vitriolic, toxic attitude, all I hear from them is, oh my God, I've been hurt so badly and I'm so afraid. Please help. Yeah. And I so think- if we pull all those people out of the light and try to help some of those people get help, that's the only way forward. And it's, yeah. it's work that we probably won't be able to get fully done in our lifetimes. No. But that's not no. a reason to put but it that's, off. But that's the point, though. You don't plant a tree because you want a tree in your backyard next year. You plant a tree in your backyard because you want your grandkids to have trees. Society grows great when old men plant trees in whose shade they know they will never sit in. It's a little bit of a butchering of the quote, but that's a famous quote. It's basically, society grows great when old men are planting trees that they know they won't get to enjoy. If you don't do the work to ensure the best for the future generations, shout out to the baby boomers, um, if you don't do that work, then that's how you grow society. We have to grow this, man. 
Uh, I do have some hopeful stuff. If you want to get into a few a nice of, things, we always this week. have hope here at the Uticast. Uh, we, you talked about your favorite thing was seeing a lot of these people uh, getting exposed because of the cell phones. One of the things I'm really enjoying right now in the world is watching uh, Trump get mad as his own Supreme Court when they don't do what he wants them to do. They're not. No, no, they're not his. I know it's not I his. No, that's not his. <laughs> A uh, Supreme Court today handed an abortion rights advocate a victory in a Louisiana case earlier today, uh, citing the Supreme Court's adherence oh, shit. Did they do Bank today? Uh, to validate a Louisiana law that required doctors at abortion clinics uh, to have admitting privileges at nearby hospitals. So uh, up mm-hmm. until before this, if you were working in an abortion clinic as a doctor, you also had to have admitting privileges to a hospital within 30 miles mm-hmm. of that uh, of that abortion clinic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is really tough in one of these in places where they don't have a lot of clinics, right? And in, especially in states where clinics are not readily available to people. Uh, so this was a big this was a big deal for uh, for abortion rights people for pro choice folks. And I've seen a lot of people really angry about this, but I'm mm-hmm. loving I'm loving all these like valid Supreme Court decisions. Yeah, I mean, anytime anytime the court rules in the favor of progress and you know protection of people's rights and liberties, you love to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I'm not sure if I, I... I don't know if this is good news or just interesting news. Did you see today that uh, the House approved statehood for Washington, D.C. in a 232 to 180 vote? Yeah. Uh, now, this doesn't necessarily mean that D.C. is going to become a state. It would have to pass uh, in the Senate still. And then Trump has essentially already said that he would... Like, uh, I think he already said that he would veto it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um but it would be interesting to see. I'm surprised D.C. isn't already a state considering how many... It's like 700... There's a lot of people who live in D.C. All right. Well, I'll, let's 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 fix some of that surprise for you. Uh, if D.C. became a state, D.C. would become the first majority African-American state in the United States of America. Bingo. There it Are is. Are you still surprised that they have not become a state? Uh, no, I'm not. Actually, that was uh, what we were getting here. Uh... <laughs> Millions of people in the District of Columbia pay taxes, fight our wars, risk their lives for our democracies, and yet they have no vote in the House or Senate about whether they go to war, how their taxes are exacted, or how it is all played, says Speaker Nancy Pelosi. I know people get mad at me for quoting Nancy Pelosi. People hate her. Mm-hmm. She said it. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, D.C.'s a great, uh, it's a great town. I've been there a couple times. Mm-hmm. Deserves to be a state. Why not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I, I stand behind it. Like, it seems odd that you have no voice because the of disingenuous it. argument that you will hear. Yeah. Um, the disingenuous argument is that is that mm. when it was originally when DC wasn't a state, it's because you don't want the people who are the legislators having control over like where they live, like specifically, because yeah. they would pass national policy that would make DC better and grow better. Mm. Like we live in a different world than the 1700s right now, right? So like we're not quite as worried about which city is going to grow the largest and everything. Correct. So that's kind of like an old-fashioned argument. And if you want to hold up that kind of argument, I guess you could, but then you also better be talking about muskets to me as well, because that's all I'm trying to hear if you want that argument. Uh, Maxine Waters has a quote here as well. She said, Washington, D.C. is the home to more uh, more Americans than two states, that being uh, Wyoming and Vermont. More than 40%, uh, 46% of the 700,000 residents are black. Make no mistake, race underlies every argument against D.C. statehood and denying its citizens equal participation and representation is a racial, democratic, and economic injustice that we cannot tolerate. So, there you go. Good quote. Uh, And then also this week, Mississippi becomes the last state to remove the Confederate battle flag from their state flag. I was surprised that it passed as readily as it did. (laughs) Like, the numbers were pretty big. Uh, It was uh, 91 to 23 in their House and 37 to 14 in their Senate. Um, a lot of it, I guess, comes down to up until earlier this month, a majority of Mississippians had favored keeping the flag. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but a recent wave of influential business, religious, and sports leaders condemning the flag has sort of uh, has promoted a change of heart. Progress, love, baby. Love to hear that, by the way, because I know a lot of these folks like these sports leaders to stick to sports and mm-hmm. such that you know business leaders stick to business and all that. But mm-hmm. uh, it's funny. Liars. They only say that when it's going against them. So. <laughs> That's a great point. Uh, all right, what else do we have here today? I, I mean, I had a big section about Trump, but a lot of it uh, we've already kind of dug into. I'll give you this story, and I'll just see how... This is from The Independent. I got this earlier today, and I want to see if you think about it. This is a report uh, from a GOP insider who says that Trump is currently in a fragile mood and may drop out of the 2020 presidential race if he believes that he has no chance of winning. What are your thoughts about Trump deciding to leave the race if he didn't think he could actually win? I mean, I, I'm i not saying that that's what's going to happen, but I mm. will say that I've said numerous, numerous, numerous times on this show that I would not be surprised at all if we get to November and he's not the candidate. Mm. I've, I've said it just a couple weeks ago. I heard an interesting scenario in my head that somebody put up on a social media platform, and I laughed about it at first, and it was like, he's going to leave, go to Russia, and then start claiming that, that he got kicked out as part of a, a liberal like hoax and then uh, everyone else there should. To be fair, yeah. that's a mega wild take, but it's not. We're we're past the. Yeah. We've crossed the Rubicon, right? Like mm. Pandora's box is open. Yeah. I, it wouldn't be. It would be shocking, but it wouldn't be surprising if that makes sense to say it that way. Uh, Trump also got in trouble this week for retweeting uh, a a video of elderly folks in the village of Florida in mm-hmm. a both the villages in Florida. The villages in Florida oh, yeah. uh, that said white power in the beginning of mm-hmm. it. Uh, he retweeted his, they said that they claimed that he didn't hear it. Yeah. It's very early in the video. The guy screams it multiple times right right 8 seconds into the video. Maybe not. Yeah, like maybe not, but this is honestly this is just this is the dumb bullshit. Like he just does it. He it came out, right? We know now that he keeps a list of wild things to do to distract from real stories. And that's what I think this is. He's like, I'll retweet this white power thing to get past the fact that I allowed Russia to have bounty on American troops and did nothing about it. Uh, and then the last one I have for Trump this week is apparently, rumors coming around, this is from theweek.com, uh, Trump is apparently, uh, he's apparently very concerned about what would happen if he were to contact the coronavirus. He's, been, he's a known germaphobe and has been his whole life. Yeah, yeah. He's, of course he is. He's probably he, terrified. Well, he's apparently very concerned about how it would affect both the country's view of him and his ability to lead. Now, let me ask you a question, and this is a hard question to answer. Because of all the wild shit that's already gone on with him, all the crazy shit that we're like, oh, this is it. It's going to campaign him. It's going to tank his campaign, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. If he got COVID, mm-hmm. would that be something that people would not love? Like, if he came out and was like, I have it, it's real? Do you mean his people? Who yeah, not his love? people. Even if he got it, would he admit it? Well, that's the thing. No, but not, not unless he had to. Of course yeah. not. He doesn't admit anything else. I and mean, he doesn't admit that he wears diapers, addicted to Adderall, but like, <laughs> those things are still out there. People know. You know what I mean? Like, he, he doesn't yeah. admit to anything. No, of course <coughs> he wouldn't admit. Would he come clean? When? It's been 74 years. And we haven't that's seen true. it literally one time. No, you're right. You're you right. I just, I'm just curious, like, if that would be something, because he's been so adamantly against it, right? And no, so. His peop- no, because he changes his positions on everything all the time. His people do not care. Yeah. Whatever he says. Right. If he came out and said, I have this, I'm a brave, strong leader, they think he's a brave, strong leader. Yeah. Whatever he says. It's a death call. Um, all right. Let's move on from that. Uh, I was going to do quick coronavirus stuff. Uh, most of it is simply... Still there. Yeah. Most of it's simply just that like seven states hit record high for new cases this mm-hmm. week. Um, AMC movie theaters, which were planning on opening up in early, the uh, this month, uh, have all closed. The movie Tenet has been pushed back. And of course, the... Uh, that new Russell Crowe movie that looks terrible got pushed back, which is a shame because <laughs> it looked really bad and I like a terrible movie. 
I, I mean, I can't imagine when movie theaters will be open again. It feels like the least possible thing I'd ever want to do now in this post-corona world. I don't know. Yeah. I like just sit in a dark theater surrounded by people really close to me mm-hmm. for like a long period of time. No thanks. Still like to see Tenet. Put it on Netflix. Definitely. Put it on, uh, put it on HBO Max for me. Or that's why I go see the house for. <laughs> uh, and then I was going to do a Done With This Guy for the week uh, of Bill Barr, but we've done him a million times. Just be aware that Bill Barr is currently harassing Trump's uh, Department of Justice uh, to get them to harass legal marijuana companies because Bill Burr hates the legal marijuana industry. And that's Bill Barr. Bill, Bill Burr's Barr. into it. Bill Burr's into Burr's it. Burr's into it. Bill Burr's into it. Bill Barr. Uh, yeah, Bill Barr hates it. Um, and that's not even like the 10th worst thing he's done in the last two weeks. No. Oh, what a sick wow, man. man. You think he's going to get impeached? I've heard some people talking about that. Maybe. I don't think they're going to. They should. I mean, the second that Russian bounty thing came out, they should have Trump in there. They should have Barr in there weeks ago, uh, but I don't think they will. They're not going to want to They're not going to want to rock the boat before. They're going to call it not wanting to rock the boat before election. I've got a done with this guy. I'm, who with? I've got one. If you need oh, a done sure. with Oh, sure. Who you got for me? Who you got? Uh, this week, I'm done with this guy. I'm done with Van Jones on CNN. Oh, Van Jones. Yeah, I saw this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tough look, man. You can't listen. <laughs> yeah. People, people are going to find out. People are going to find out what happens. Yep. Yeah, we're gonna find out what happens. So Van Jones, for anybody who doesn't know, he's a guy who's on CNN, and like I know, you know, LLCNN for for the folks down in the grays. Um, but I think so. He went out there and he basically uh, he was out. He helped author this police reform bill with Kushner and a bunch of these herbs. Yeah. And then he went on CNN praising the bill and how brilliant it was and how great it was and rah rah. And he had Kushner out there and he softballed him. But he never told anybody that he worked on the bill with them. Yeah. So you worked on this bill and you got this backdoor deal to get this influence. Then you went on and praised it. And that's super disingenuous, um, even by cable news standards. Uh, so I'm done with this guy. I mean, I don't watch cable news anyway, but I'm done with that guy. Uh, my, I had an original I'm done with this girl who was the new press secretary for... Oh, been done. Uh, been did, done. Did you see her get, uh, get killed today by uh, someone from the Dallas News? I can't uh, remember his name, but he... He essentially crushed her about the Russian bounties thing. He's like, so if Trump didn't know about this and it wasn't important enough to bring up to him, why are you guys briefing members of Congress about it right now? And then she like freaked out and walked off the stage. Oh, did she? Yeah, oh, that's she, funny. Because like, she, she, normally she's so, I mean, she's soulless, but she's so adept at just like vlogging through the bullshit straight ahead, looking straight ahead. Well, she threw some denied. bullshit at him and then ended really quickly. Mm-hmm. Like she's just like, ah, liberal media or whatever. <laughs> I, I didn't talk about the Russian bounty thing because I've no. read a little about it, mm-hmm. uh, but it seems like a much broader topic than I was ready to talk about A little about more today. you want to now. This, I, I'll tell you what, it's, not, it's probably not going anywhere, so maybe we'll do hit it next maybe, week. Maybe next week. Uh, all right, let's get into, uh, let's do the interview for this week. Uh, Mr. Malik. Really excited to talk to Malik. Um, yeah, one of my favorites. I was really happy. You know, I, I loved his show when he first started doing it, and I I really enjoyed the last few months of his show as well. The production, mm-hmm. His production has gotten really good. I'm, like, jealous of how good his production is on his mm-hmm. show right now. Uh, so I'm really ha- glad to have him in here. Uh, well, not in here. We're going to do it via Zoom because mm-hmm. one's coming over here. Anymore. Yeah, right. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Malik Gale, he really helped me out getting the show on Spotify, too, so I felt like it was important to reach out to him and oh, thank yeah. him, because uh, I didn't have anyone to talk to about this. One of so. the kindest people I've ever met. Really, really. One of the super sweetest, kindest guys in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I really, really enjoyed uh, talking to him all the time, so let's chat up with him right now.
Yo, yo. Hey, what's up, buddy? Oh, uh, sorry about that. I uh, I had to huff it up the road to go over to uh, Studio B, which is the Made in Utica Studios, because my computer was crap in the bed. So sorry about that. No, you're How's life, man? I, I don't even know. It's been ah, weird. It's been just a wild, weird situation, and I don't even know. If like every like every time I've talked about it, I've had guests on the podcast yeah. and I've talked to them about it. But I don't think I've really ever like sunk in like just how like fucking wild everything is right now. You know, uh, well by the way, before we dig in anything, this is recording right now. I don't know if you are okay with what we're talking about right now being oh, on. Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh yeah, you're yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just I always start it recording when we're doing the video because I, I want to make sure it's going. But um, no, I'm totally with you, dude. And it I was just talking to Kevin about this, you know, like I I'm like a history teacher in a public school. And (laughs) there's a certain amount of like me looking at this world and being like, oh my God, I'm so scared for what I'm going to have to like try to explain to like the kids about what the hell happened here with this world. I remember in high school, like my, my AP like history teacher being like, it would be this, I'd feel bad for him because he's like the type of teacher that would like really be aware of situations and be very current and very political. I mean, he was the reason I first found about The Daily Show. He pl- he played The Daily Show like, and he was like, don't tell your parents I put The Daily Show on for you guys. Well, you know, it's, it's really funny you say that because over the last like 10 years in education, I've kind of noticed a shift. Back in the day, it was sort of like you did not discuss with your students your political affiliation. And even to this day, I'm a little gun shy being like, I'm a liberal. Although if they listen to the podcast, I'm sure they figured it out by now. But um, but you want to sort of present it in a a certain way. But now the kids would almost rather have them just know what you're all about walking in. Like they want to know what you're all about. So I've gotten to a point where it's like, I mean, I vote Democratic so I can tell them essentially, (laughs) do you know what I mean? But um, yeah, it's like a totally different world with that now too. I guess politics just sort of invaded everything. Yeah, like that's the thing. I feel like in terms of, like you said it before, where everyone's just like, I just want to know and have that be, because it's better to know now than like have like a few months down the line, you're like, wait, where did that come from? Well, you know, but, and, the other, and the other thing is like, you know, you know, I'm a history teacher and, and Kevin is like a really, really smart dude, but there's also stuff that like, I don't know, it's weird to hear just two white guys talking about social justice and it's like, I don't, I don't have the same struggle. And it's like, that's something I think a lot of like folks like me who've always considered ourselves to be like allies and like supportive. It's like, maybe I haven't really spent enough time thinking about how like, I don't understand this issue at all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like the, the, the big thing is just learning as much as you possibly can yeah. is important. Mm-hmm. And I've, it's, I'm trying to figure out, like, find find the best way to word it, but, like, learning as much as you can and doing the best you can in terms of, like, raising awareness and, like, supporting voices when you can. That is what you can do in those situations, and that's the most important. And that's something that I think I've sort of seen a shift in almost every, like, every show I watch, every podcast I listen to has seemed much more invested in, like, not sort of letting a a rough story go by like so- stories that I wouldn't talk talk about on the podcast like six months ago now I feel like we have to talk about you know what I mean because you can't ignore what's going on anymore people want to know reality they don't want to have a good time every second they want to 
hear what's up. <laughs> I also fucking music podcast and like our last two episodes were very much like the, the first third and throughout mm-hmm. the entire episode we talked about all that stuff. So like it's mm-hmm. like you I feel like it's impossible not to talk about it, especially when like depending on some of the guests I have, like Aline's French Caribbean, um, and just going from there. By the way, I was gonna. I'm glad you brought that up because I spent most of the the day today sort of going back and you know listening to everything that I I haven't you know had a chance to catch up on. And the thing that really struck me, you guys are. Is this your third season of doing the show now? Fourth. And fourth I, I love. I love. I say fourth seasons now because it's just like not ten. It's basically like I've done ten episodes and then I take a month long break, which is ends up being longer because getting guests are hard, people. But um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, seasons are just like gaps of 10. Yeah. I just, I, I think the production work on your shows is amazing. I love the production work you're doing. I think it sounds great. Like I love the the music you guys use in the background. I love the way you set it up. It's really, you know, I struggle all the time with this show being like too long. And I think that you find like it, your show, I get to the end. I'm like, I want more. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Like, the thing about it is, like, I've juggled with it a little bit because, like, in the very beginning of the show, I, like, went from be doing college radio for a long time yeah. and then not doing it and, like, going, getting comfortable with, like, speaking relatively to mm-hmm. myself in terms of recording. And at first, I was very much, you can hear in those episodes, I'm like, hello, here's the podcast, here's the guest, bye-bye. And it took a while. <laughs> But I feel like I finally got to a point where, like, I'm more comfortable, like, spending that time saying, like, okay, hey, like, this is, here's some personality, like, show in the beginning. As long as I don't go, like, past, like, five minutes. And I think most intros in the show are, like, three minutes. You know, and I'm, it's, it's, here's the thing, though. I noticed that even listening to just the last, like, four episodes, I can tell that from when we first talk the first time you were on the show to today you your voice on the pod is more confident i think you it fe- i can feel when i'm watching you that you are more confident in the uh the malik gale the podcast host than, uh, yeah. than you were when you first started and i think that's a testament to the amount of good work you've been doing thank you so much i, I do really appreciate it i feel like it's like the conundrum of like when you first start a podcast it's like why does someone want to hear me? And, it, and I feel like that's like always the big, like scary thing. And I was always grappling with that in the beginning. And once the show started going, it was less about that. And it's like, okay, how can I make the best thing I can this week? And like, it, it, yeah. it shifts completely. Well, it, you know, what's funny too, it, it took me a long time to get there and I'm still there. Like even, you know, we did our five anniversary, five year anniversary, like two, two weeks ago when we had, um, we had Congressman Brindisi on. Yeah. And uh, it's just, even then, even at the end of the interview, I'm like, I can't believe this guy is actually wants to talk to me. <laughs> I'm like blown away. I mean, he's been there multiple times. It's, it's not the first time brendizzi has been there. And also like you've gotten 500 episodes. So it's, I mean, <laughs> well, it's, it's our five year anniversary. So it's 262. Uh, <laughs> but I saw the number five and I was like 500. Oh, I, dude, I've, I've thought about what 500 would mean and how long that means. I've been doing. <laughs> uh, I got to say too, um, I really got to thank you because um, a few weeks ago for our five year anniversary, I finally bit the bullet five years too late and put the show on Spotify. And I had yes. no idea how to do anything. Spotify is a weird one. Like, what is it? It took a week and there was, I used, I used Podbeam for 
are hosting. Mm-hmm. And it took about two weeks from because most people don't know, like when I was starting to show, it was like I had to like I had like a really crappy like trailer up there that's still up there. Yep. I need to delete. Oh my gosh. But it's a way to get it up on platforms and Spotify was like the one that took absolutely the longest. Mm-hmm. Because it's like I think it was I think it was it was a URL thing. I know I think I think it was an email thing. It's like my emails didn't match up, so they were like, nah. Yep, yep. That was the problem I had too. And it was something along the lines of like the I, I host on SoundCloud, not uh, yeah. so my SoundCloud email was different than my Spotify email, so I had to go back and change ownership of the pot. It was such a pain. Um, yeah, and you have to email them, and they're like, "Oh, hey, like this is the issue." Well, the other one is they don't have a they're they have like a podcast specific like tab tab. So like I'm sending like them text messages on Twitter, right? I'm, I'm like sending them DMs like, "Yo, help me out here. What's up?" They're like, "Oh, this is this is not the person you have to call." I'm like, then "Who are you, Spotify?" <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm enjoying it though, and I have to admit, um, I was like a holdout on Spotify for a really long time, like personally, because I was one of those dudes who felt like they needed to collect music, uh, and yeah. this has opened up a whole new world to me. I'm, I'm blown away by what's available to me. Spotify, like, I feel like bends the knee for a lot of people. Yeah. Like, I first starts with music, and then they got into the podcast game, and like at first I was like, oh yeah, I have my Apple Podcast. I do not touch that app. I think the only time I really touch that app was when I'm listening to episodes of Edicast. Well, well, now you don't have to anymore. <laughs> and that's actually, and honestly, that's kind of why I made the move. I got yeah. tired of using the Apple format because it was literally the only thing I was using on Apple was the podcasting. I was not using iTunes anymore. It was just pointless. Um, I still like it, and I still always post it uh, in iTunes anyway because I, like historically, but, you know. It is what it is. I want to ask you something, though. I listened to your last episode. Were you sort of implying that, like, Spotify is, like, a problem for, like, local artists? I feel like in terms of Spotify, there's, like, so many problems with Spotify. While I love it so, yeah. so much, like, Spotify isn't necessarily good for, in terms of payout. Mm-hmm. Exposure only really works if you've gotten a good enough base and you the, the algorithm takes hold and it's like okay well, not, not even algorithm but like playlisting so there's a whole system where people can submit their songs to playlists and it's like hey there's curators who will go through and figure out placement on that stuff and it's like a whole con- like the, it's a whole process and granted like it's a good way to like put it out there but if like these mm. these curators are like hey we don't really like your stuff yeah who cares um, it's I, I found it for a music nerd like myself I've gotten caught up on all like the little distraction stuff. Like I think it's wild that I can find out how many monthly listens Kiss is getting a, a month. I'm like, well, how many people are listening to Kiss? This is outrageous. Uh, but like it, you know, it does feel like it's almost so expansive. It's easy to get lost in the shuffle too. Oh yeah. So there's that, and then there's also there's like so many weird things. There's like if a certain band's like the number like X number in the world, like so there's yeah. certain bands they don't look at them. They'll be like, hey, blah 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 is the 160th top artist in the world, like Fall Out Boy is, and obviously a big Fall Out Boy, 150th artist in the world right now. Um, but like, and it's so, it's just so weird because there's some situations where like, even if you don't have like shuffle on, if you just play random stuff, they'll just start playing shit. They'll just say, okay, here we go. I find it uncomfortable how often they hit where they throw me like some daily mix 
I'm like, this is unsettling by how much stuff you know about me. I've been here for like two weeks. Um, it gets worse. So, so I would assume then they're not throwing you any jam band music. You've made it pretty clear you're not a fan. I feel like a member of Moe is just going to show up to my house and be like, what the fuck, man? No, no, like, no. <laughs> I, I'm totally with you. I just find it funny because I, I turn uh, 35 in January. I'm like, I'm in the middle between 34 and 35. And most of my high school friends in like the last three years have suddenly like, you know what? I think the Grateful Dead's pretty good. And I'm like, what, is, what happened? I'm like, what, what did you turn 33? And all of a sudden you're like, I miss doing acid. Like, I don't understand what happened. <laughs> What's going on? I feel like, like hipsters almost had that phase just now. Because you want to know one band who started veering into jam band territory? There's someone who almost got a ton of people. He almost it, got me. Is it Vampire Weekend? Yes. <laughs> Like vampires, like I was, I'm like, okay, this song, like, was it? They had like that Harmony Hall song. I'm like, okay, and then I was like, that song, Sunflower, is a straight up Grateful Dead song. With all like the I, I'm like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> exactly. Like I, like I, I was like, okay, let me see. I'm like, jam band, and immediately like scattered. The thing that I have noticed the most since I've been on there is a weird sort of falling back into like a certain era of like punk rock music. And I'm not talking like, I'm like all of a sudden I'm listening to like a bunch of like, I want to say like cloud nothings and a bunch of like, uh, I don't know if you ever listen to Parquet Courts. I'm like obsessed with this band Parquet Courts right now. Oh my God. They sort of sound like the Minutemen. I don't know if you listen to the Minutemen, but it's just funny that like, that's the thing, like all this time I've been away from like playing music and doing nothing but podcasts and immediately I jump back in and it's like, it's 2002 all over again <laughs> for me. Like that's the thing. I feel like Spotify really hammered down for better or worse, like that YouTube version style of like that funnel. And like on the podcast, we've talked about it multiple times, but like at first when I started the show, I had a weird hypothesis that like artists would be like, hey, I find my music via like, going to the record store, other platforms, everyone is the same. Spotify and YouTube, there's no one who is safe. You know, I think too, and that was, I'm glad you said that because my next question for you is like YouTube stuff. It's the one sort of like structure of getting yourself out there that I have been the most gun shy about doing. And primarily it's because I have zero interest in recording me recording the podcast. Like I do not want to have to put like a regular outfit on them wearing like sweatpants all I'm not interested in that. Oh yeah. But literally no. YouTube culture is outrageously like popular. I, I never really understood. Oh, I can tell you so much about that. There is, I've been a, like a YouTube historian since I was like, cause I, I grew up on that shit. So I oh, yeah. watched like, what was it? There's a whole drama with like Jeffrey star, Shane Dawson. Don't oh, get me yeah. started. Don't get me started on Shane Dawson. <laughs> um, do you like um what do you use youtube for though primarily like do you use it for music stuff or do you feel like you use it mostly for like internal nerd stuff i feel like i'm watching video game stuff and wrestling stuff on there a lot a few things so music's yeah. one thing uh i watch like a lot of like video essays there's a youtubers like mm -hmm. Lindsay ellis who like nostalgic check yeah uh, there's like a youtuber called rebel taxi who does like videos on like cartoons and stuff like that so I follow like a lot of like niche nerd stuff, YouTube, and then there's just like YouTube commentators who like, kind of like just talk about like, hey, here's the, here's literally just what's going on in YouTube culture. And I spent like an hour at work, like 
catching up with all this drama that's going on on YouTube, and I just will never use it in this con- in my life. There'll be no time at a party that have knowing the intricacies of this drama will get me any brownie points, but it's like interesting to me. I've gotten into a lot of weird phases now. I'm into film filmography stuff, so like I do a lot of like, here's how a film editor would look at this. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I'm also into this guy called the Punk Rock MBA. Are you familiar with this guy? I, I've I've seen him, but I don't. I seems very 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 familiar. He does a bunch. He does a lot of videos about like why certain scenes died out. Like I watched one called like why did death course like die out? It was amazing. It was really good. I, I happen to find this content really charming. And the thing I, I really respect about the YouTube thing, I can't think of a lot of things in my life that I feel passionate enough about that I could commit an entire YouTube stream to it. Like I like video games, but not enough to do like an entire history of video games channel. Yeah, and that's where you hit like the situation where there's a lot of YouTubers, like tons and tons and tons of YouTubers who talk about YouTube burnout. burnout. Yeah, like there's people like because the thing about it is like YouTube's also just as bad. Like there's certain words and certain situations that you can't even talk about without being demonetized. You can't say the word COVID nineteen on YouTube. You get demonetized. Mm-hmm. So like it's important. It's like if there's people who have to go to, like. You have to bend over backwards to reach the algorithm. You have to find ways to make money. And like, you got to like love your craft or it's literally the thing that's putting food on your table and there's no other option. And you're stuck between those two points. Uh, Before I get off any sort of like social media app stuff, I just want to ask, Kevin and I have been doing uh, Spotify picks at the end of every week. Give me, give our listeners something you've been listening to on Spotify you'd like to share with them. You might, oh boy. Do I just have to pick one? You can pick anything you want. Go ahead. Like I want you to look at like <laughs> so my the old um the chief operator at the station used to work at like added me to this playlist and it's like okay hey add some songs that you wanted and he like he's like hey just add some stuff that you're really digging. It's a group of people. They all kind of like yeah. the sound of the station. I went buck wild and added thirty songs in twenty minutes. And uh, <laughs> uh, if if I had to pick a few that I think are going to definitely, can I pick like three? Yeah, good. Give me three. I love it. Cool. First one, Drunk by the Living Tombstone. Mm-hmm. So I could describe this one real quick. It's, I mentioned it a little bit more in like one of the upcoming episodes they have soon, but it's a song, like Living Tombstone is like one of those YouTubers who made like remixes and music for like nerd culture stuff. So like Five Nights at Freddy's, yep. um, there's a game cool. called Basics, like a ton of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Now they're releasing a album of like full on originals and the first song is called Drunk. And it's like it really it starts off kind of fun and mellow and chipper and it gets like it's the whole course of the song is like one drink, gonna keep it mellow. Responsible <laughs> now for a light that low. Say hello to my friends and comrades. That's the actual beginning. And then it goes to like was it like just five drinks? Um and it it goes downhill from here like it, like every single drink it like it's like slowly mm. you see the progression of like this one person going through like amazing at night <laughs> and bridge is just sam he follows me on twitter i if he listens to this dude i do not know how the fuck you did this the whole bridge is just him rapid fire say, rapid firing like, off just like drink names like i was looking at it i i swear what is this the living tombstone you said yeah it's called drunk 
living I am, I'm not joking at all. Like, if you want to know how serious I am, this is on my phone. These are the lyrics. That's amazing. I have to look. I'm gonna like take a picture of it on my phone. <laughs> I'll have to like. Let me ask you a question. You're. Can you like if you make a list on Spotify? Can I follow a list that you make? Oh yeah, you can. So what you can also do is you can also make collaborative playlists. So mm. say for example, I can make it. I can unlock it and say, hey, um, and I'll send you a link. We can make a playlist and we can just add as a ton of songs. Oh. We should so, do yeah, that. So, do that with me. We'll send. We'll put out a playlist for all the listeners on the shows. I love it. I, I am all down with that. So I'll send you that. Um, what else is? Oh, we have two more. I'm gonna be a little bit more briefer with these ones. No, take your time. Let me see. There's so many. Uh, Nightmares are real. So Parasocial Club. Mm-hmm. We had them on a show. They're really awesome. Love their stuff. They ha- It has like this song has like a really kind of vintage horn sample that goes throughout the whole song. And this song is very, very, very accurate to the times that we are living in. Like, I, hold on, I need to like get the, I need to say a section of these lyrics. I love it. And just, and look, and, and tell me if this matches up a feeling you have. So we have, so... So curious now, because I know why I'm scared. It's not because of monsters hiding under my scare. It's not the goblins or ghouls or the dark over there, but this may, or this made-up simulation that we all might share. Mm. But because of men in a room, or they make our Armageddon ensue, and they let us all know right before they all go that the word that we love goes boom. That's pretty dope. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. You know, that's like the the thing that I really hope that happens during this period is we start getting like music that seems to like speak to the times i get a little frustrated like, i got caught up in like i want everything to be like an lcd sound system song for a long time <laughs> yeah. but like i sort of that's what i think has been sort of one of the reasons i kind of got back into the punk thing i go back and listen to some of these punk songs i'm like yo shit we've been talking about this for like 25 years here and i didn't know it when i was a kid yeah yeah and then the last song i will give you it's by this guy who i just recently found i have not reached out to have on the show but oh my god i need to have him here it's a guy called Daniel and Stereo. It's a song called Fool Me Once, and it's just like the energy on it, like the guitar, the production on it. Like this guy has no plays at all. I, like I, like it, oh, 211 listeners. The song has like 500 plays, 5K plays. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. I, rec- I cannot recommend it enough. I'm not going to even say lyrics. I want you to listen to it. If, uh... It's awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up too. I got this written down. If you haven't had her on your show yet, she's local. You should listen to Zalatan's new album because it's very. Yeah. I, I, I there's some people I'm nervous to have on. She I'm, is. I'm gonna... I love her. She's like I've known her for many years. She is the smartest, nicest, sweetest person to talk about music with. She has an amazing head for music. You would love her. I'm, I'll I'll we'll talk about that later. But I'll hook that up for you if you want. She's great. I absolutely I follow her. I absolutely do. No, she's the best. I, when I first started the show, I had an initial rule to be like no local artists, and now I'm like slowly laying back on that rule because yeah. I, I didn't want like I I wanted to have like the feeling of like okay there's people from all over and like have that first and then if I go inwards it's easier to be like hey it's a show about everywhere versus like people being like oh it's talking to the local bands no of course and, and I totally respect that. I just think if you if you like her stuff it's worth it she's a really good she's a really good hang uh, I agree and I want to <laughs> uh, so I'll give you. Uh, I do have to start heading out here. I have to go get the rest of the show ready. I really want to thank you for, for taking some time and doing this with us. I know that the, the Zoom thing is not my favorite. 
And uh, <laughs> once we get back to a time when we're allowed to um, be in person, we'll definitely come have you back on the show uh, terrestrially as well, because I do like having you come on. So uh, yeah, listen, man, I, I really, I love what you're doing with the show, man. I really, I'm really impressed. I love the production. I love the work you're doing. Keep doing your thing. I'm really, really enjoying it, dude. And don't I, let these I mean, fireworks get you down. I know they're bringing everybody down. I heard you. <laughs> like, well, no, was it? Like, there's, like, I think they're outside of my fucking door. <laughs> I was recording one episode, and I, I had the window, I had, like, the screen open, and I saw lights. And I'm like, I think it's down the block from my house. <laughs> the fireworks have become such a cultural meme that I'm starting to hear conspiracies about why there are so many fireworks. And like everyone's like police are setting them off it's like it's a government conspiracy I'm like it's, just, it's like you put out fireworks a month early and jackasses will start lighting them up that's kind of how that goes like uh, i yeah was i live in new york new york was just as bad you hear okay. fireworks a month before and a month after i mean i i kind of didn't even notice it anymore i just think it's funny that like it's made its way into like this huge conversation but it's almost every night around my house now but uh, yeah. Thank you so much for taking this time. Uh, again, folks, you can follow Malik on uh, Twitter at uh, ATA underscore pod. You can follow him on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, he's on, you're on all taking over the web. Yep, I'm not taking over the web, cause I, but I'm, I'm in places. You can find me if you look up against the algorithm. And then uh, if you want, though, send me that list, and I will do like a joint list, and we'll send it out, okay? Well, well let me get that playlist actually going now, because I can yeah. just DM you real quick. Yeah, my... Uh, my my, my name's the same in everything. If you see SF Doom on there, it's me. Either way, DM me. All right, buddy, I appreciate you. Enjoy your night, and we will talk again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so, so much. It was awesome. You're very welcome, you. brother. We'll talk soon. Cool. Bye. podcast wherever podcasts are found much like this show taking over the web on all platforms even stitcher i think stitcher hive we're here for you uh i wanted to talk about that uh game show we watched on netflix this week that floor is lava because mm. i have uh i have some stuff to go with that uh but i don't know if we should do it here or do it after do you want to do it here do history lessons after uh yeah yeah definitely, okay. definitely. Okay. so well, I had... wait you're asking me if my pick history lessons or something else is that the yeah. question you posed yeah. I see. All right. Carry on, sir. Uh, so, <laughs> Justin from Maiden Youth Group uh, showed up at our house. A couple, we, we have a, a weird thing at this house. We kind of like dumb game shows. I like dumb game shows. Like, weird game shows. You, whether, you and him specifically bond on your love of obscure game shows. Whether it's like... Um, very specifically. You guys have that very much in common. Uh, whether it's something going back like American Gladiators yeah. or like um, American Ninja Warrior or like the weird stuff like MXC mm. uh, or the most recent one we'd gotten into, which was a show we talked about called Knife or Death, which we got you into as well, mm. which is... little Not a game show. Competition show. Sure. <laughs> we did the whole tournament. We did the whole tournament, I know, Jerry. I know. Uh, so is this a competition show then? Is, is Floor is Lava a game show? Yes. It's a game show. Contestants participate in one episode and there's a winner declared at the end of each episode. That's correct. Okay. Okay. I see. So Floor is Lava, for folks who don't know what the show is, it's a relatively popular new show on Netflix. It's a, it's a game show, which mm -hmm. 
much like the name implies, is based off the little kid's game of the floor is lava. Mm-hmm. You have to get from one side of the room to the other. Without touching the floor. Without touching the floor, which is made of gross orange slime water that you fall into. And I really like, what I like about the show is the editing, where when you fall in the lava, the show never shows you come out. Like, it does indeed pretend that you've been destroyed by the lava. <laughs> like, the lava mm-hmm. has taken your soul. It's not a great show, but I found it pretty interesting. What were your thoughts on Floor is Lava? Uh, it was cool. It was better than I expected it to be. Um, fun to watch. I, you know what one of my things is, I think, with... And this happens with all these obscure game shows. Mm-hmm. I think with, with game shows in general, a lot of times with me for a game show, once I've seen uh, somewhere between 15 minutes to an episode or two, I'm like, all right, I get it. Here we are. That one's a little different because they mix it up, but like that's a show where it's fun to watch it with you guys when we're laughing and joking and having conjecture and breaking balls about mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Never would I ever watch that by myself. Ever. Would I even... Oh, I'd, 100%. I'd run past yeah. it. Even if it was on channels, I was flipping never would I stop for a when, minute. When Justin went home and you like went out, I did not continue watching Floor's Lava. Yeah, I yeah. put something else on, right? Because mm-hmm. it it's only good for banter, right? Right. Uh, it did make me wonder, though. I pulled up a list of eight... Classic neighborhood kids games to see if there are any of them that we could pitch to Netflix as a new potential game show. Can we make Capture the Flag a game show? Is that already a thing? I feel like they did something like that. Uh, How about Ghosts in the Graveyard? Are you familiar with this game? I vaguely remember the name, but from my childhood, but I don't really know what it is. One kid is the ghost, Uh and he hides while the rest of the players stay in the safety zone, like a porch or a tree or something. Sure. They start counting until they get to midnight. And then they go out to search for the ghost. The first person to spot the ghost yells, Ghost in the graveyard! And then everyone has to run back to safety. If the ghost tags any of the kids on the way to them safety, they also become ghosts. Oh, I see. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit of like a kind of a Red Rover type situation where the, the huh. you gain more people as you go along until the last person survives. Yeah, that's all right. I'm into that. Kind of cool. I don't know how you could transform it into a game show oh. format. Mm. Because that Ultimate Tag show exists, and that show sucks. I watched about 10 minutes of that. Mm-hmm. It's no good. Tag doesn't work for television for mm. more than, like, 10 seconds. Uh, all right, what else we got in here? How about Manhunt? Manhunt is a souped-up version of hide-and-seek in which players run to hide while up to three hunters stay behind to count up to 100. Once the game begins, the hunters try and find and tag uh, hiders who become hunters themselves. So it's essentially the same as Ghost in the Graveyard. It's, yeah, it's a little start. more expansive. Okay, yeah. I see. Uh, the winner is the last kid to survive. Um, and then, of course, Kick the Can, which is a game I played a lot in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially, uh, you put a can in an open space, one to two people are it, everyone else is trying to escape them. Uh, when you get tagged, you're essentially put in jail, and you can only be released when one person on your team kicks the can to free everybody. Mm-hmm. I remember that game. I love Kick the Can. I mm-hmm. wish they could find a way to make this a serviceable game mm. for the masses. I don't know if it's good watching fun. No. Though. The uh, problem is you need expansive space for all uh, of these games, I feel like. I mean, not how much, though? Then. Well, these are neighborhood games. You have a backyard or something. Like, it'd be bigger than the lava's floor, yeah, floor's probably, lava not, stage. Not kick the can, probably, the other two. Yeah, for sure. Professional kick the can would get intense, I feel like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, floor's lava, though. I would give it a 6 out of 10. It was pretty good. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. I didn't like the host. And also, they ran through gimmicks pretty quick. By about the fourth episode, you'd seen everything that's they what had I, to yeah, see. That's what I mean. Like once, you've, once I've seen a bit of it, I'm like, oh, I see what we're doing here. All yeah. right. Uh, all right. Let's do uh, let's do this week's history lessons. Um, they're pretty good. I like this week's history lessons. On this day, 1613. How about that one for you? Uh, the Globe Theater went up during a performance of Henry VIII. 
Uh, the Globe Theatre uh, in London was built by Shakespeare's acting company in 1599 from the timber of London's very first permanent theatre, Burbage's Theatre. Uh, this is really the theatre that people associate with most of the early Shakespeare stories. It was a theatre in the round, which is very, like, a common thing you hear in, uh, in theatres today. It's not common in theatres today, but it was common in this era to mm -hmm. put on Shakespearean plays. Uh, like other theaters at the time, it was a wooden structure with a stage at one end and covered balconies. It could seat about a thousand people with room for another two thousand standing room people. Uh, the let me see here. There is a modern version of this, even though it was burned down in sixteen thirteen. So you can go to London today and, mm -hmm. and see Shakespeare's Globe. Mm -hmm. It was opened in nineteen ninety seven. Uh, however, even though the building itself is exactly the same, it's located exactly the same space and the same size. The modern safety requirements mean you can't have 3,000 people in there. Mm -hmm. So now you can only have 1,400 people in there. Right. <laughs> but back then, they didn't care about that, so they just jam mad people in there. One of those weird things you read about in school that I never really think much about again in the Globe Theater. But, like, I'd like to go see what it's like now. 1,400 mm -hmm. people. They still put on shows there, I guess. Seems kind of cool. Intimate shows. That'd like be wild. I, like the idea of an intimate concert. What's, your, what's a good size for a venue if you're going to see a band? Depends on the band. That's a good point. Depends on the band. I yeah, think. it's true. Um, I've seen a couple bands of the odd, and it's always kind of been disappointing. It's a separate thing because they book terrible bands of the odd. Yeah, it was like, well, well who else well, was good? Well, yeah, but even still, yeah. I was last time they had a great band at the odd. Kanye. I mean, Fish for people who like Fish. Even Kanye wasn't Kanye when they had him at the odd. No, that was like college dropout era. Kanye. Like that was really the, like first single college dropout yeah. era. You yeah. just say that because Kanye has become Kanye. If you yeah. didn't become Kanye, you wouldn't say that. It was like, Lupe Fiasco played at the Stanley. You know what I mean? But, like, yeah, I'm, when's the last time a great band? If you're into country, I think they had some country bands. Where would if you're into, like, Godsmack or Nickelback, I, mean, I think they came. Utica doesn't have a big-time concert venue. Well, uh, we also are... are Kind of small. If, no, we're befelled by the fact that we've got Syracuse and Albany right next to us. Right. If you're right. coming through the center part of the state, why would you not just go to Syracuse, which has got, yeah, right. you know, besides the Westcott, now they've got Lakeview Amphitheater, they've got the, the whatever they call it, the On Center, or whatever, uh, yeah, 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 whatever yeah, the thing is out there. But they've got places, they've got the Carrier Dome if you're trying to yep. get nuts. Yep. Um, they've got the Field House if you're trying to get nuts, all the different places. And Albany's got tons of places too. Why would Utica be the stop if you've got Syracuse and Albany? That's what's tough about the concert market specifically. And it's not like building a big giant venue would suddenly draw artists in here to come play because we don't have that many people to fill it, right? 100%. Like, yeah. That was something I got to learn. I was kind of new mm. from like you know an outside perspective, but I got to learn with my time spent with Saranac and dealing with concerts and bookings. I didn't do the booking, you know, dealing with people who book the concerts and stuff, getting to learn a lot more about the market and about the notion that it makes sense because if you're population in the city of Utica is 50 or 60 and Syracuse is 150 it's about how many tickets you if you're a promoter you want to sell as many tickets as possible and there's a capacity you know what I mean yeah and I think too you, you mean, can't like, bring like Dave Matthews band to Saranac because you can't get enough people in there to sell enough tickets to pay the Dave Matthews band or and not for whoever nothing, else you might like you can't get Radiohead to come to Saranac because the stage isn't big enough to fit their like stage setup like some bands That's have such an elaborate yeah, stage yeah. setup that they can't play mm -hmm. everywhere yeah, right yeah. the odds not getting mm -hmm. I saw Kanye years ago at, at the Barclays Center, and that uh -huh. guy had a stage for sure. That was a volcano. It was the size of the odd. Opened, it was massive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In front of the stage, yeah. turned into a it was wild. The Jesus tour, it was yeah, unreal. Uh -huh. What a great tour. One of the best yeah. live shows I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, all right, moving on. On this day, 1941, uh, Germans advance into Soviet Russia, uh, even though uh, Russia and uh, Russia and Germany had signed. 
uh, a peace pact in 1939. Stalin was not aware that the was was already aware that this was not going to last. He was, however, surprised how quickly the invasion came. On that day, 150 German divisions poured across the uh, Soviet Union's 1,800-mile-long Eastern Front, one of the largest and most powerful military operations in history. Primarily because I've done a lot of research on this for my kids in school is because of the Luftwaffe. Uh, wow, I can't pronounce it. The Luftwaffe. They're Germans' amazing military air support, which was much better than what Russia could deal with at the time. Uh, however, much like Napoleon Bonaparte in 1812, Hitler and the Nazis failed to take into account Russian people's historic determination in resisting invaders and also how goddamn cold it gets in Russia. Although millions of Soviet soldiers and citizens perished in 1941, the defiant Red Army and bitter Russian populace were steadily crushing Hitler's hopes for a quick victory. Uh, he had far, Stalin had far greater reserves uh, of the Red Army divisions than German intelligence had anticipated, and the Soviet government did not collapse from a lack of popular support as the Nazis had expected. Um, I find an interesting thing about this, uh, and I don't know if you ever heard this. You know, have you ever heard the theory that Stalin was the one who found Hitler in the bunker? Mm, no. So that's wild. Yeah, Stalin himself. So the narrative a lot, I think, for people is that like, you know, Hitler kills himself in the bunker, and like uh -huh. the Germans lose the war to the Allies, right? Mm. But you know, you got to think about locations. Like Russia has was moving into Germany at the time. Yeah, yeah. The the Russians were on the doorstep of Berlin when this happened, mm -hmm. and the story that people sort of tell, and I, I have some research I can link for this for you guys, is that Stalin went down into the bunker and saw Hitler's body and essentially stopped anyone from taking pictures or showing that the body was there or proving that Hitler had died. Because Stalin's concern was that if everyone knew that Hitler was dead and the Nazi threat was gone, the stable sort of situation between Russia and the Allies was going to fall apart. But mm. the idea that if Hitler was still potentially out there, yeah, that yeah. they would have to sort of keep maintaining this sort of uneasy alliance mm. was something that appealed to Stalin. And also the idea that he had information about this that no one else had. It put him in a position of power. So there's a lot of interesting theories about what Stalin knew and whether he was the person who found Hitler. What is the basis in that kind of theory? Um, is that like some conjecture? Or is no, there's some there, there's some Stalin documentaries that talk about this. I've, I've there's a history. There's a I've Stalin, never heard that. It's really interesting to me though. Look up the Stalin documentary, uh, Stalin Man of Steel. It's from the History Channel, but it's from a while ago. But it's a really really uh, in depth documentary about Stalin and his life, and they talk a huh. bit about that as well. There's also a link uh, I can put here on the website that I have here for you guys as well. So uh, interesting story about Stalin. Uh, Stalin is one of the most Fascinating. Fascinating is kind of the wrong word because he killed a ton of people. He's a really evil. Fascinating is dude, a perfect world. That stuff is fascinating. I mean, some people find that stuff to be fascinating. I, I'm among them. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's interesting to read about like, criminals, murders, and wild, abhorrent like situations from history yeah. and these like giant, iconoclastic figures from history. And what's funny about Stalin too is even today, Stalin is sort of not necessarily universally seen as an evil figure because Stalin essentially dragged Russia into the 20th century, kicking and screaming. Mm. regardless of how many people he had to kill along the way. You know, yeah, I'm not yeah. trying to justify it, but sure, that's yeah, yeah. the narrative. No, I understand what you mean, though, yeah. But that is the narrative for a lot of people with Stalin. It's like, yeah, he was the man of steel, and he hated everybody. He was... Well, that's why, and that's why I think it's important for everybody to try to find a way to be a student in history. So, yeah. you know, because it's really easy to get pitched one story or one thing or one yeah. way, and it's better to just read everything you can and come to your own conclusions because anything in history, as you know, is nuance. It's all nuance. Yeah. Also read about Trotsky. He got a raw deal. They really, they really screwed Trotsky pretty good. Uh, all right, on this day, 1977, 
Gonna Fly Now, parentheses, theme from Rocky, is the number one song on the U.S. pop charts. It's not even really a song. It's like a score. Yeah, it slaps, though. It does slap. It's amazing. It's one of the most... <laughs> so there you go. But I, I just think about, like, a... It would be like the score of Jurassic Park becoming the number one song in America. It's a weird thing in 1977 that this is the thing that's the number one pop song in America. Yeah, but songs from movies, that happens all the time. It's not even really a song. It's, there's no lyrics, really. It's just getting, fly now. That's it. Lyrics to me. That's lyrics to me. It's not even my favorite uh, <laughs> song from the, uh, the Rocky canon. Let's push is, it to the limit, I'm sure. No. It's oh, the one. to be pushed to the limit. It, Vamp for 10 seconds. I'm going to pull it up. Oh, all right, guys. I'm taking over the show. Sam's gone. So listen, now we can talk about the real issues. I've been meaning to get nope, to I'm all back. you listen. Nope, God I'm damn back. it. Sorry. Uh, this is Keep the turning, one. guys. One of these days. <laughs> this this is the one. i got to pull it up here for you. Oh, man. It's not uh, this one. This song, Oh yeah, Going the Distance by Bill Conti, this song mm-hmm. gets me more pumped up than it has any right to. I don't know if it's the horns. Mm-hmm. I can only play about 10 more seconds of this. The sun don't shine forever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Shout out to everybody who's just about my age who knows that is Victory by Puff Daddy and Biggie. Uh, I actually came from Rocky yeah. for you know our older older listeners. Uh, Bill Conti, who's I mentioned, is the guy who he was a relative unknown in Hollywood when he began his work on Rocky, but also so was Sylvester Stallone. So there was kind of a nice little like mm-hmm. coming together for these guys. Uh, the single "Gonna Fly" now takes its name from the almost superfluous thirty words of lyrics recorded by uh, Ian Robinson and former teddy bear Carol Connors. Uh, though it lost the competition for best original song to Barbara Streisand's evergreen theme song from A Love Is Born, uh, mm-hmm. Star Is Born, so Star Is Born just loves winning the Oscar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has remained an instant recognizable piece of American pop culture in the years since the release. Stallone has continued to churn out action fix, and Bill Conti has a highly successful career as a composer. He won an Academy Award in 1983 for his score for the film... The right stuff. Uh, do you have any particular, like, I guess it's tough because you're talking about movie soundtracks and sometimes you're talking about songs from a movie mm. and sometimes you're talking about the score from a movie, mm-hmm. right? We did talk a couple days ago about, like, John Williams and how he just puts For out sure. an outrageous amount of amazing film scores. A lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of big names in film scoring. But is there any particular, like, film scores or soundtracks that you go back to and like a lot? Uh, lots. Lot. Mm. It's not always something that I listen to for as much as I might yeah. like or appreciate. Um, some stuff outside of like, you know, the big ones for, for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the big ones that you really hear from kind of everywhere. Um, I, I'll tell you what, I really enjoyed the Black Panther soundtrack album. Yep. I thought that was super cool. Mm-hmm. Like Kendrick Lamar be the music director. Yep. I like the idea of having a music director for your film who sort of... Yeah. Um, so what I'm looking for curates like your whole your soundtrack and your whole playlist and everything like that. Well, we talked about that when we just mm-hmm. watched Watchmen on HBO. We're like, it's very clear that like Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross were given full control of this entire soundtrack, for and sure. you can tell because it leads that sure. certain flavor to it. Um, I always, when I was younger, I always enjoyed the soundtrack for the movie The Rock. Oh yeah, I think that's somebody. Mm-hmm. I can't think of who that might actually uh, be Zimmer. It might be Hans Zimmer. I, it might I, be I Zimmer. Have to go back and look. It was a pretty cool. Track. Hummel gets the rockets blasting around. I was like 17. That was pretty cool. Um, I mean, Pulp Fiction's when everyone talks about. That's less of a score than a soundtrack. That's a soundtrack. soundtrack. Yeah, it's just that songs. Um, I actually kind of like the Avengers score. <laughs> I know that's mm. sort of a main, like the Avengers theme song is kind of cool to me. That all like, yeah. I really, we would be, you and me specifically would be remiss and we'd yell at ourselves after the show if we didn't talk about John Carpenter. Like we didn't talk about John Carpenter, like synth scores and stuff like that. One of my all-time favorites. Oh, man. Um, the thing, Halloween... 
Escape from New York. The Fog soundtrack is really, really cool that he made for that movie. Like, awesome. I, I'll say one of my uh, one of my ride-or-die guilty pleasure picks for this, for this specific mm-hmm. category, the track, uh, The Portrait, from the soundtrack to Titanic, which mm. I think is a really strong score. So The Portrait is basically the Celine Dion song, My yeah. Heart Will Go On, that main theme, but it's just solo yes. piano. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a stunning piece of music, like, from a composition standpoint. And also, I like some of the tracks they use, uh, some of the Irish tracks for when they're down in third class having the dance party yep. you know when he's teaching how to dance and also the song nearer my god to thee which is an old hymn mm-hmm. that the foursome in titanic right before the boat goes down yep. foursome's walking away and they come back to like nah you know we're gonna ride it out gentlemen we're gonna play and they do the last song mm-hmm. and they play that song while the water's rushing into third class and it was dying it's very sad that song is an old hymn called nearer my god to thee which mm-hmm. i think is an awesome hymn i'm not a religious person but yeah, a lot of him i'm a musician so like a lot of religious hymns that's a lot of like foundational roots music for a lot of what we listen to in like popular culture now. Uh, so Titanic, I guess, stands out as well. Yeah, Titanic. Um, I mean, I, I would be specifically remiss if I didn't mention Jurassic Park as a kid. Absolutely. Like the Jurassic yeah. Park soundtrack yeah. like haunted my memories. The I Imperial loved. March. When I was a kid, mm. I didn't even I wasn't even like a Star Wars kid, but that <laughs> dun 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 on a CD. Hell yeah. You would ride around in your explorer Hell playing yeah. it. I'd let people know. Uh, all right. We <laughs> always wanted to get a Darth Vader costume back then. Before we had the internet to order stuff like that from, because wouldn't it be funny if like Carl pulled up next to you and Darth Vader was in the passenger seat, but the Imperial March was coming out of fries, large cola. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's probably why. On this day, nineteen seventy-nine, the first Sony Walkman goes on sale. We've already been nineteen minutes into this history segment, so I'm not going to spend too. Uh, long we did on... other stuff before history too, so don't beat stuff true. up too bad. Uh, so the Sony Walkman wasn't so much a breakthrough in technology as it was a breakthrough in imagination. Uh, there was a gentleman who was working for Sony at the time, uh, Misura Abuki. Hope I said that correct. Shut up. Uh, he was in production and testing, and he was there to listen to a lot of the stuff. And he made a special request because he would listen to music while traveling cross country. So they essentially built him a portable stereo for international flights because he wanted to be able to hear stuff. Uh, so they built him this proto Walkman with these big giant headphones and custom batteries that ran out halfway through the trip. But even though they died, the idea, like, sparked merit, and that's where the idea of the Sony Walkman came from. After a breakneck developmental phase of only four months, uh, engineers had a reliable product ready for market that cost about $150 in 1979 when it first came out, which is pretty expensive, I guess, for 1979, right? And those are early Walkmans with, like, the no anti-skip protection. You couldn't move it, couldn't do it anything Well, Walkmans didn't skip. Walkman, right, 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 yeah, yeah. I uh I had a Walkman for a long time, but it was like I never used it. I think we grew up in the era where we were, CDs were more by the, prevalent. By the time I was old enough to really, really want to have music and like cared about having like my music on me and being able to travel, yeah. it was definitely Discman by then. Yeah, yep. I was on the CDs. Walk. I had a Walkman when I was really young. I had a couple tapes. Mm. But, like, I wasn't old enough to really be like, i got to be able to listen to my music in the car, Dad. You know I what I mean? I feel like by the time we got old enough to like want to listen to music, uh, cassette players were so cheap, you can get them, like, at the dollar store. Like, they'd gotten to that point where they were wildly cheap because the technology was no longer, like, a big deal. Right? Like, you can get... There was a time when we were even older when you can get CDs. Like, CD players for, like, 10 bucks now. Like, 60-second mm-hmm. anti-skip CD players for basically free. Because, oh, yeah. Uh, all right, and then last but not least, on this day, 1998, uh, I've talked about this before, Sega Channel, Cable's first on-demand video game service, closed down. Uh, we've talked about this before because it's something I had. Uh, but it is interesting that this was a piece of technology that I do think was wicked, wicked far ahead of its time. Uh, not totally appreciated when it came out. It comes out in 1995. 
five. It only lasts for about three years. Mm. It's a Sega Genesis add-on. But mm. in 1995, Sega has already moved on to their next system, the Sega mm. Saturn. They are actively not making any more Sega games. Mm-hmm. The technology, though, to stream multiple things to your house for a subscription price, which at the time was about $19 in 1995, which mm-hmm. was wildly expensive back then, but today seems mm-hmm. about par for what you would get. Seems like a joke, yeah. Uh, at its peak in 1997, the, sh- the show it had about 230,000 subscribers. I was one of them. It didn't really fall all that much, honestly. It only fell about 20,000 by the time it got to the end. It was just wildly expensive for cable companies. to to They didn't make any money on it. So that was sort of the thing. And again, it was discontinued in July 1998 when most of the Sega Genesis technology uh, was sort of behind the time. I did find a list of other things in the past that people had tried to invent that were way ahead of their time. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci attempted to make a tank going all the way back to 1452. Mm-hmm. It's made of wood. Uh, there were motorized scooters, or people attempting to make motorized scooters as far back as 1915. Uh, there were in 1963. There were television goggles that were attempted to be invented by a guy named Hugo Grensback, mm. which is uh, essentially Google Glass. And look at it now, it's pretty funny. Right. Um, early head-mounted displays for like VR go all the way back to the 1990s. Um, so it is funny when you look back at a lot of the stuff we have now and how far back we've actually been working on all this stuff. It's not just magic. Mm. It didn't just show up out of nowhere. Perhaps science. Perhaps science. Like perhaps science should lead the way. Perhaps. You would think so. Uh, All right, so let's... I think that's it. We'll move on to history lessons. What else do I have here? Okay, so let's do a couple uh, couple weird stories this week. Here's your big uh, coronavirus fatality this week. Chuck E. Cheese, the parent company of Chuck E. Cheese, is closing 35 of its locations permanently. That's it. Chuck E. Cheese, another victim of the COVID times. What are your thoughts about Chuck E. Cheese closing down, Kev? Uh, Chuck E. Cheese is a child casino. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. It sells overpriced bad pizza and like dirty soda to ugly kids. Um, I don't know. That's not nice. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't care at all. Well, I, t- I'm sorry. We I'm talked sorry. earlier about movie theaters being a place that are like the worst potential places to get COVID. Well, you would have called me. You would have called me a Chuck E. Cheese before COVID. Oh, for nothing. It's a child casino. That's all it is. Uh, also, this week, uh, here's a weird invention. For folks who are having trouble not touching their face during corona times, mm. NASA is designing you have a, my attention. Yeah, NASA is designing a vibrating necklace that you wear around your head that stops you from touching your face. Uh, the technology will hang from your neck, but as your, as your hands get close to the device, it starts to vibrate. The vibration is supposed to remind you Keep your hands. Shout out to NASA. Away from your faces. NASA. I'll tell you what. They never... People want People want to be mad. A lot of haters want to say NASA <laughs> didn't do some things NASA said they did. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people real gassed up off The Shining, talking wild. But uh, NASA always out here. So much... It's funny because the thing you talked about just before, there's all these various different inventions and all these different things going on. Mm-hmm. It's funny when you start to look at... Uh, I mean not the proper word in this context, but the etymology of these different event, like inventions yeah. and how much stuff comes through NASA and the space program mm-hmm. and the notion of like things we figured out at NASA and because of our exploration of space and trying to get a better understanding of what goes on past the ozone, inventions that have come to be useful in like everyday life, stuff you would never think of. So well, awesome for them because honestly, that's my biggest struggle. I'll wear the mask, I'll wash my hands, I'll clean the surfaces, all yeah. that. The touching my face mm-hmm. is hard, especially as a guy who has a beard in yep. the summer. It's oh, yeah. almost impossible. You know what I mean? 
Uh, funny story you bring this up. I, um, I, I didn't have this written down. I watched a video a couple weeks ago. It was about the history of video game graphics because I'm a huge nerd and this yes. what I do all the time. Yes, yes. Uh, and they were talking about this, the very first video game ever made. It's not called Pong. It's called Tennis for Two. And it was mm-hmm. built on essentially like an oscilloscope, like a circular TV, and it used like vector graphics. It would bounce back and forth. It wasn't pixels. But the design of that came from the U.S. military attempting to figure out how to accurately range mortars and missiles. Mm-hmm. Because in that time, you had to do it with like, calculations by mm-hmm. hand. This was the first device they had the computer calculate how to figure out missile trajectories, and then they turned it into a video game sort of by accident, and that's mm-hmm. sort of the early, early starting point of where video games come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes from trying to figure out how to land missiles more accurately. So mm-hmm. that's why the first game, one of the first games is Missile Command. So there you go. Uh, all right, let's see. Uh, also this week, our story last week from Fireworks has expanded. Slate this week is putting the... Yes, you are indeed hearing way more fireworks than usual this summer. Of course. Uh, I gotta tell you though. Have you heard the conspiracy? No, what's the conspiracy? Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, conspiracy corner. Yes. Uh, some folks on the internet think that the fireworks, specifically the fireworks in areas in New York City, like Brooklyn, Manhattan, stuff mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. they think the fireworks specifically are being set off by the cops late at night to keep everybody on edge and not let anybody sleep. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's not keep the protesters on edge, keep not being able to get to sleep at night because they're out here popping off fireworks. Uh, you know what? Maybe Canada's right with this next news story because I don't know if you've heard this, but did you see that the Premier uh, of Canada, Rob Ford, is adamant that he wants the border between Canada and U.S. closed because he's fearing a second wave of corona for Canada? Well, a couple things. <laughs> Electric that Rob Ford is still involved in politics. Or Doug Ford. I'm sorry, Doug Ford, not Rob Ford. Doug Ford. I was going to say, yeah. I was like, I think that guy's dead. Yeah. So it's unbelievable he's still the Premier. Yeah, right. Doug Ford. Cancel that, but um, for us to have a second wave... Well, that is a valid concern to have a second wave. I mm. do think it's fair to say that a America cannot experience a second wave until the first wave ends. Correct. And so if you look at any graph comparing us to any other country in the world and how we're all doing on cases and stuff like that, and uh, idiots will say it's because we're testing more, which is just like, that doesn't like, literally make mm. sense. But here nor there. Um, so yeah, we can't have a second wave, but... but- <laughs> I love it. I find it hilarious. I'm obsessed with it. I think it's the best idea. I love that the EU says we can't go there anymore. We need to be sent to our room. We are. The rest being... of the world has to send America to its room and think about what we've done. We have been grounded. Maybe we should be. We deserve to be grounded. Maybe we Mom can... and Dad, we deserve this punishment. Maybe we can be let back into the world in phases. Oh, uh, yeah. Speak... Phase one. Speaking of which, uh, let's check this last out. Uh, folks who are curious, uh, there is talk that a second stimulus check is coming and how much money we can get. Your thoughts about second stimulus check, especially as we approach... The end of this uh, extra unemployment money period, and today, I think, tomorrow. Um, I mean, in the immortal words of Pauly from Goodfellas, mm-hmm. yeah, fuck you, pay me. 100% send it. <laughs> send <laughs> no. it, yeah. No, people are still struggling. Nobody's going back to work. Nobody wants to go back to work. Things are going to shut down again. You know, yeah. things are still going to be up and down for quite some time. Um, you can't just... If, they, if these folks really, really, really want to see what happens and see how much anger's out there in the street, then yeah, let folks start getting bounced yeah. out of their houses and let folks start oh, going man. hungry. But then, you know, you, I, you hesitate to think, but a lot of people seem to want that. So The John Oliver thing about eviction from this weekend is pretty brutal. We talked I, a lot I about bet. it. Yeah. I bet. Uh, Something, something's going to have to be done for folks because if everybody just runs out in the streets, you know, I'll tell you what. Well, maybe we can find that $1.4 billion of coronavirus stimulus that was sent to dead people that went out the first time. Did you read about this one? Federal yeah. government essentially sent $1.4 billion out. Good call. Good work, guys, on this one. Yeah, no, you have to. And that's, I'll tell you what, like, that's, uh, yeah, good. You want to know why that's good? 
You want to hear it? Do yeah. No, 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 please tell me. Because this is the thing. We don't have time to be fucking around with money. Mm. This country this country is obsessed with anybody who they think doesn't deserve it getting more of a penny than they might deserve. This country is obsessed with what people deserve and policing what other people get. Here's the thing. Sure, we shouldn't have blown this money, but we blow so much money on oh dumb God. shit. This is inevitably going to happen mm-hmm. as a product of getting this money out as quickly as possible. Yes. So, yeah, it happens. And using this as some sort of weird distraction or, oh, look at mm-hmm. you idiots, to give people cover, to not give out a second round of help to people yeah. uh, is just, yeah, this is going to happen. Anytime you're going to do it. And, I mean, this is, I would rather them spend three times this much on waste than have waited three months to weed these folks out and then get the bill together. So, do better. Always strive to do better. But, like, nah. I love it. I can't get that mad about it. All right. Uh, quick doomsday report before we do our picks this week. Uh, US, Look outside. <laughs> uh, U.S. Army has awarded pocket-sized drones a $20.6 million contract. So if you were worried about an army of pocket-sized drones owned by the military, congratulations. You found this week's doomsday report. Oh. Also, if that's a little too uh, dystopian for you, you want something a little more mythical, uh, mystical, a grave full of 16th century child skeletons with coins in their mouths was found at a construction site in Poland. So if you were concerned about the drones, now you should be concerned about the spirits of 16th century dead children with coins in their mouths that they found in Poland. Which sounds like the start of the best horror movie I've yet to see this year. What, I'm, what, I'm, what I keep telling people is that the Mayans were right. <laughs> and the world ended on December 21st, 2012... Uh. And this has all been the Death Throes Fever Dream simulation. And Morpheus is trying to tell us to wake up. And so they keep murder hornets and child skeletons with coins in their mouth. And the virus and hurricanes and they killed Kobe. And all this wild stuff happening. I, wake up. I just want to wake up, Sam, I think is what I'm saying. Uh, that's crazy, though. I was reading that headline as you were parsing it out and I... Each word better than the last. I was blown away. I came in right before the show started. Um, you had a Spotify pick before we do uh, bits and blocks? Yeah, so uh, you asked me, and I was kind of on the spot, but I will say for Spotify, I'll give you an album. Um, there's a band. This album came out in 2015. It's a band called Algiers. Mm. Uh, a band who's not super... I mean, they've got a lot of listeners now. Their 2020 album and I think uh, 2017 album did bigger numbers, and they got better and better. Uh, but they're a really sick band who fuses a lot of different kind of styles of music. And if you're looking for something... Uh, relevant to these times and some good like some protest music and some stuff to sort of mm-hmm. like get you gassed up and like also maybe a little bit depressed about the way the world is with some high energy stuff <laughs> and something that's a little bit unique and different and people trying new things go check out Algiers uh, mm-hmm. I recommend their self-titled 2015 album mm-hmm. but I think they're a good band front to back and uh, I don't know I don't think enough people have heard of them so I'd like to put some more eyeballs on them if I could so Stitcher Hive as I mentioned to thing. as I mentioned to Malik earlier in the interview, I've uh, reestablished my love of punk music and uh, and my punk mm-hmm. side these last few weeks on Spotify. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about a band I really enjoyed called Parquet Courts. This is not a surprise for Kevin. I've been playing a lot around the house lately, mm-hmm. but the reason I'm actually bringing them up is mostly because it's been a nice surprise. Because until I had had Spotify, I felt like I had been missing a lot of new stuff that was for coming sure. out. Unless I was actively going to get it. Mm-hmm. This Parquet Courts album called Wide Awake came out in 2018. I was aware mm-hmm. that it came out. I had heard a few songs on it, but, but never, never got time to dig right in. Got really time to dig in. And because of the new Spotify edition, I really got to dig into the whole album. And I'm really, really enjoying it. Uh, I can second that. It's a cool album. Yeah. I'm so a Wide Awake fan. by Parquet Courts and the LG are self titled. This week's yeah. Spotify picks. Uh, all right. See uh, Spotify picks, man. We're out here. Who knows? All right. Our last question for the day. Let's do. Uh, all right. This is a good one. Do you have a least and or a uh, favorite and or least favorite vegetable to put 
on sandwiches. To put on sandwiches? Yeah, well, your least favorite and most favorite vegetables uh, on a sandwich. Least, least is onions. Full stop. You know me? Ooh. Anybody who knows me? No onions. I don't need them. I can get into caramelized or cooked onions, like in and on a burger mm-hmm. or something. But even then, it's still an unsteady truce that we're still exploring. Um, raw onions, never. Never, mm-hmm. ever, and almost like chopped down into a salsa or something like that, and mm-hmm. we can deal. But on a sandwich, an onion will ruin Even if I take them off, you ruined it with the taste, especially a raw red onion. Miss me. I'd rather go hungry. I love a raw red onion. Uh, big fan. I'll tell you, this is going to be a surprising one for a lot of people. I miss me with that slice of full beefsteak tomato you put in my hamburger. Mm, no, thank I don't, you. I don't want the tomato either, it's to a, be honest it's, with you. Tomato's number like, two. I like tomatoes. It's just not functional when it slides all over. The, it doesn't stay in the burger. It either disintegrates mm. or it falls apart. It tastes fine, but it always ends up in like a shredded up piece on the side of my yeah, plate. Yeah, I never need it. It all yeah. comes out in one bite, yeah. So then, okay, so then what is your favorite vegetable to put well, on I mean, sandwich? I like a red onion. I mean, you're, 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 you're crapping fair. on me for that. That's but, fair. Hey, um, whoa, listen. I like that. It's not really a vegetable. I like that spread we put on with the peppers on it, that cherry pepper oh, spread. Oh, cherry pepper count? relish? Does yeah. that count? It's yeah, not yeah. Vegetable. Vinegar peppers? It's Do vinegar, vinegar peppers count? Peppers count? Um, well, that's a good question because um, I have been, I'm a big, I'm, I'm a mark for uh, pickles on a sandwich. Yep. I've always liked pickles on like tuna fish and, you know, I've always liked them on burgers like pickles. I've been putting pickles on turkey sandwiches lately. Mm. Game changer. So good. But straight vegetable? Mm. A pickle's an interesting one because I like pickles mm-hmm. and i like a pickle on a sandwich if i make the sandwich but do not give me a warm pickle on a mcdonald's cheeseburger because it's gross i find those pickles to be disgusting i mean i'll still take those but those are not my favorite pickles yeah. for sure um, pickles need to be cold and crispy not warm and floppy i'm yeah, sorry yeah, it's yeah. a real particular for me i'm trying to think of the vegetable add-on to the sandwich for me well, I had a backup question for you. Okay. You prefer shred... Shre- yeah, give me a backup question so I can think about it for a minute. Do you prefer a shredded lettuce or a leaf of lettuce? Oh, shredded. Oh, really? Sh- a leaf leaf is leaf is garbage. Here's the problem. You know, a lot of places you go, you get the leaf, they try to put it on too big, and the leaf mm-hmm. gets the same problem. You get that fat vine in the back, and you pull yep. out the whole thing. Yep. I would rather have it shredded on there. Um, I had a question for you about pickles. Dill or bread and butter sweet pickles? Dills. Yeah, All the time. Of course. Okay. I, I like a pickle. I like a hot pickle, if you can find me that. Like a yeah, spicy yeah. pickle. Or a zesty. A ze- yeah. zesty yeah, I'm, mm, I'm with you on that. Can I tell you something? This is something that's been... Did I tell you I made pickles a couple weeks ago? No. I made pickles. Hey, First time in my right. life. Yeah, yeah. I'm into Are it. They I made them. They were good. They're not here. Nah. They're not here. Um, I was, it's funny. Well, they will be. I'll make some pickles. I was, uh, was going to bring this up earlier. I never got around to it. I've noticed, I'm having a weird time lately, satisfying cravings. You're uh, dehydrated and thirsty. Yeah, I suppose. I've been drinking a lot of water, though. Like, I'm going on my way to drink more water than normal because I know I've been dehydrated. Uh-huh. But I feel like I'll eat something that I normally like and I'm unsatisfied lately. Because you're probably burned out on eating. You eat a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. And when you eat, uh, like you, I mean. I get into routine pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. when you eat a lot of the same stuff over and over, it becomes unappealing for sure. I'm with you on that. I noticed, like, I, I'm a big fan. I, I love a big can of cola. You know me. Oh my god, yeah. But I have opened seven cans or bottles of soda in the last two weeks and have been unable to finish any of them. Which, for anybody who knows you, is wild. It's I don't know why. It's I don't know if it's because it's too hot and I like a cold yeah. beverage and it's melted down and I don't want it anymore. 100%. It's too much. It's too it's syrup. It's just, after a while, that's what yeah. it's become for me. For stuff like that, for stuff that's like not really good for you, that you might eat a lot or like drink a lot or whatever... It, it just it becomes gross when you yeah. over yeah. You overgo on anything. Mm-mm-mm. But also, I do find one of the things, and you'll hear a lot of people say this. Um, I don't remember where I heard it a long time ago, but I sort of say it's gospel. A lot of times, when you have a craving, you're craving something, but you can't figure out what you want. Yep. 
You're craving water. Yeah. Your body wants water yeah. because our bodies need a lot more water. And uh, here's here's hydration. My little hydration minute mm. since it's summertime. Um, big fan of hydration. I think you try to stay hydrated as much as you can. One thing that people forget is you drink big amounts of water at a few different times mm -hmm. and that doesn't really do very much for you your body can only take in so much water at once yeah. so you're better off taking smaller sips like if you were to actually have eight ounces of it every hour every half an hour that's a better way to go than just slugging two bottles at once you're going to pee out most of that before any of it hydrates your body so drink less more often spread out especially in these sticky summer months while we wait for the rains to come and that's been your hydration minute here on the Ucast. Beautiful. Uh, shout out to uh, Heather Waz. We love you. Miss you. Hope you're doing well. Um, but could you imagine how cool it would be if Heather was here? Yeah, it'd be great. It's been so long since we've had Heather in the studio. Shout out to uh, Malik Gale. Uh, thanks mm. again. Love the show. Support him on uh, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, whatever. Spotify everywhere. He's got a cool show. He's got a cool show with. A, I love people who have a vision and idea for a show and just like pick a specific thing like that. Yeah. He's cool. It's cool stuff. He's texting me right now as I'm doing. Oh, there you go. All right, and uh, and again, uh, follow us on. Uh, you can follow Kevin underscore Kevin Sullivan. You can follow me at SF Doom. Follow Heather Heather Waz one, uh, or you can just follow the podcast at Uticast. We are on Facebook, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Instagram, uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. We're all over the place, man. We're on every social media platform except I don't know what will we not on. I guess we're not on LinkedIn. <laughs> no LinkedIn podcast. Trying to get on there? No. What are we on? We're not on Snapchat. We're not on TikTok. I'm on Snapchat. Yeah, but we. Am I linked? Uh, I don't know if, wait, you. do I have this listed as? I might just be me. I might not. I sometimes I list this as I you. Hope you better not be snapping as me on Snapchat. <laughs> You're a single man. I can't have you snapping uh, on my behalf. I don't know what's going on out here. humanoids. Uh, keep it tight. Woodstock lives. Uh, the tape machines are rolling. We are desperately, desperately out of time. And much like always, we will see you next week for another episode of the Uticast. Stay safe out there, folks. Wear your masks. Hydrate. <laughs>